like shit. Everyone got one. What's your opinion? This is the rare room. Tongues won't be bitten. Ain't no rules, just spill it. And anybody can get it. No limit. We get to kill it. You tuning into the thrillers. And no, ain't no stopping. No. Any topic. Even the random. We get to random. I hope that you're ready. We entering in the zone soon. We on a grown shit. Welcome to the random room. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest, and you guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room. We keep it real, we keep it opinionated, we keep it what, everybody? Two th- 2023. <laughs> that is the worst intro ever in the world. <laughs> Get y'all asses out of the bed. Uh, you know how we do it on the Rant Room, on the show with guests, and we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture, but our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. You hear the clan, the Wu-Tang clan, that is. <laughs> the broke-ass version of it. The <laughs> Wu-Tang clan in the building. We got my man, uh, Rod Johnson, to the right of me. What's happening? Hello, hello. What's up, everybody? How you doing? Then we got the young, the young, I was about to say the young cuz, like, where the fuck I'm at? <laughs> young cuz, <laughs> <laughs> Because we yeah. just talking about that shit. That's what it is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we got the young homie, uh, <laughs> uh, Saeed Crumpler in the building. What's happening, Saeed? Yeah. I'm good, man. Another yeah. day. Uh, let's get to it. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. And then Chris Derrick. Y'all know him. What's happening, Chris? Uh just writing my ass off the last couple of days um and a few other things but um things are looking good all things are looking good um have some uh uh some film stuff that's getting ready to pop off that i'm super excited about um you know just a short film i want to do and you know just i'm i'm uh, like i'm kind of super thrilled like for this year Despite the fact mm-hmm. that there's a, a strike looming over everyone and and have people running scared, I'm still like thrilled to be able to try to do this, you know, um, stuff beforehand or or stuff during the strike. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so that's it. <laughs> got it. Got it. So if you guys are going, let's go ahead and get to the show. So last week we were talking about pitching, and as you guys know. Uh, Somewhere in my in my recording, I hit a button somewhere and it stopped the whole fucking recording. I didn't even know it. <clears throat> so we had such a dope episode. So I wanted to try to pick up a little bit from where we left off. So we ended up, we ended up dropping just like a shorter episode, but we were just starting to get in to the show, you know. So we're kind of we're kind of at the beginning stages of what we're talking about with pitching. Um, so let's just pick up a little bit. From where we were, we were talking about. Um, why am I going blank? What we were talking about? I, was like, I thought I had it. We were talking about pitches performance. Is that what we were talking about? Yeah, we we're talking about like uh, I think Chris was talking about the inflection of the voice and different stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. Yeah, like di- different ways when you're pitching and how it's different than when you're yeah, reading or yeah, writing we, it. We were talking about how it's like a performance. Like it's Mm -hmm. one of the things that writers don't think about. And I know one of the things that I was talking about was this is what I got into is that one of the things you have to be thinking about when you're doing a pitch, for example, is like I sent, I sent you guys, Chris, I sent them my, um, 
my Bass Reeves uh, pitch that mm-hmm. I wrote for the producer uh-huh. here. <clears throat> and I was showing them, here's how it looks on, on the page, but when I actually go and pitch it, it's not going to look like this. You know, mm-hmm. this is the yeah. visual yeah. one that I send you. So you see the whole story and the characters and all other shit. I'm going to send you a much, I'm going to pitch to you a much more staccato version of what you're seeing here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, it's so, um, I feel that you, you know, there's so much of your pitch is about, is like the development of it. Right. So when you develop it, you're developing it on paper, like, and you're probably going to create a document that you're going to, uh, that you probably are going to get asked to turn in. If someone likes it to a degree, they might say, is there a document that I can use to run up the chain of command? You know, that might happen or that, that might not happen. Or eventually people are going to want something in writing. So so if you write it out in a certain way and, and you probably write it and it's going to be, you know, like very, it's going to feel like you've written it. And that is cool for when someone's reading it. But when you get up to like tell someone the story, you got to design it so that you're actually having a conversation with someone. And right. And it should feel more like that than a presentation. Um, because the thing is, is that you want to feel like you're telling your best friend about an idea um, as if you were over dinner. And mm-hmm. it should have that kind of like, it, it's, you know, it, sh- it should have that level of being informal. And, you know, at the same time, it's not like a, uh, a, it's it's not like if you're doing like like a keynote because with keynote you get up and you just like go through all the information really really quickly, and mm-hmm. at the end of it you ask questions and and that's what a lot of people do, but you know but it's this thing that uh, that here here that that both you and I learned from Selwyn that you want to find these times to kind of check in with your audience. You know, to, to kind of ask them questions, to kind of make it sort of interactive, you know, perhaps, you know, like they might respond or they might just nod or they might be like, oh, you're talking to me kind of thing as opposed to talking at me, you know. And and, and, I, and I think that when you do that, you know, that helps them stay as cued in as possible, you know, and if you're smart about it, then you ask those questions as kind of like their hook points you know, in the conversation, you know, that if their attention is waning somewhat, if you put them on the spot with a question, you know, and it's, and it's not going to be some SAT question, but you're going to have to ask them some questions, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, like, so, Hey, so, so the character did so-and-so can't you identify with that? Or, 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 you know, like that's the bad version of it, but you do those kind of things. So, you know, I mean, because, that's part of the performance. That's part of it. If it, if it feels that you know that the pitch is interactive and that you bring the person that you're listening to, like you get them invested. Because so much of what you got to mm-hmm. do to get someone to, to move it up the line is how do you get them invested? You know, and it's not just like yeah. we talk about information. Agreed. I agree. Go ahead, sorry. You know, or Ralph, sorry. Yeah, I, I, you know, as you as you as you were putting it that way, Chris, it kind of reminded me of you know something that we do a lot in the room, and that is we have discussions okay. around, um, you know, you don't want there are certain times you want the audience to be a little bit ahead of you, 
um, but but not too far ahead. Like you want them anticipating certain things so that you can you can play with their assumptions um, and and kind of manipulate them into 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 certain situations where they can be surprised or you know they can get that fulfillment of feeling like you know they're they're cracking the case alongside the detective who's 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 working it, um, and you know we as storytellers coming into pitch the expectation is for a lot of these executives they want to be kind of like an audience experience the story that you're pitching to them in the way that somebody would be watching a show. And so you kind of have to anticipate, like, how can I let my, you know, how can I let this audience of executives or, or, or whoever is on the other end, um, how can I let them in on the story, getting them to start anticipating to try and get ahead of this story and try and know what it is before it is, and then use that to, to sort of circumvent their expectation and to to give them that full experience that that we would hope to be generating with with our audience who be watching this in its entirety, um, which you know I think that the the a lot of the things that we discussed on the the sort of the last time around and probably what we're going to get to here today is kind of you know they do they don't necessarily address that directly but they give you a good foothold when we start talking about you know sort of like the the structure of building in you know your personal story and 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 unlay un, you know, unraveling the characters and letting the 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 plot points specifically point you in a specific direction. But you can you can let those those surprising story elements um, <clears throat> enforce that that if if you're really mindful about how you how you lay out the information from you know from the the once you start as you go on. Yeah, I agree. Sure. I think ahead, I think one one thing that's also interesting is like <clears throat> Bruce Lee has a saying like "Be like water." And I mm. think another thing you have to do is like you can't be so rigid in the pitch, you know, because sometimes the exec might ask a question in yeah. in section two of your pitch. And you can't be like, wait a minute, I'm not ready for a question. Right. Here. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like you have to, like, be in a flow state and be ready to shift and change depending on who you're pitching to depending on what question they're going to ask you. Like one thing that happened <clears throat> with our pitch last week was um, the first pitch that we had, it went well. And an executive asked a question, um, which was, you know, well, how is the conflict between these two characters? And then I'm like, oh, so the next pitch, um, when we explain that, the next pitch, I'm like, okay, we need to add that to our right. pitch deck because somewhere in between here, they're not connecting this conflict that's happening with these two people. So to avoid that question next time or to answer that question, we're going to, so we added like another sentence that explains like, okay, this is how this works with them. And, um, another thing. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Keep, keep your thought yeah. on that. This is something I was thinking about that I didn't say that in a way it didn't air anyway. One of, one of the things that we do, and I know Ben does it also, one of the things I got, we were talking about, from um, um, Selwyn was when when he does do his characters, he introduces his characters pretty short, but in it he explains how. Say you get to the secondary character, how that secondary character is related to the first to your hero. So a version of what mm -hmm. you're talking about is in there. So if if yeah. if I end up pitching you in a way where I don't go through here's all my characters. And instead, when I'm plotting through my pilot, I introduce the characters, which is what I usually prefer. 
um, Mm -hmm. I will stop and say, as we come over the mountain, you know, the, 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 the bad guy is over there with his team. This dude is like this. You remember this movie? This is him times 10, right? Whatever, Mm -hmm. right? And then I'll keep going and I'll say, his connection to my hero is that when they were back in school, this thing happened. So to this day, he's always had a revenge thing against whatever, you know what I mean? So you see the connection Mm -hmm. there then, right? You know what I mean? So that's something that Mm -hmm. I do. So that's always like, in, in my head, I've answered your question already just in a, in a quick little blurb, you know what I mean? When I'm setting up mm-hmm. that, that moment for you and you won't forget it because I told you how they have a history Connected. or whatever. Yeah. You yeah. Know what I mean? Go ahead. I'm going to Yeah. Well, well, I mean, look, you know, <clears throat> just to piggyback on that, just, just real briefly. Yeah. I, I think it's important. It's very important to explain You know, like between the the uh, um, you know, like the main character and secondary character. You know, like how is that person going to present a problem, or is you know, like what sort of emotional uh, pull is the secondary character going to do to our main character? You know, just so that you know, so so you know, so the the audience, the executives can envision in their own head, oh, potential episodes that here's a problem that's going to happen to them. Here's, you know, like, you know, oh, I can see how they'll come to an explosion at this point, you know, and that I, 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 and that helps you not have to go through all the episodes like later on when you're talking about the season arc and things like that in terms of plot because like, you, you're because you're kind of planting that seed so so that the, the audience can um you know can make can make those decisions on their own keep going say mm-hmm. yeah no i agree and another thing that that uh is do your research on who you're pitching to because um mm-hmm. You know, and I also ask around. Uh, that's one of the reasons why you have friends or mm-hmm. mentors. So you could ask, like, you know, how is it pitching this person? Like how, you know, and the reason why I say that is because um, we pitched a company that has a show already that takes place kind of in the world of where our show is. Right. And so one of the the pivots we made in our pitch was, look, we know you have this show already. Here's how our show is different. You know what I'm saying? And like letting that be known off top because those are things they're going to be thinking anyway. Look, I already got a basketball show. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, what is different about this basketball show? You know what I'm saying? Um, And explain it like, you know, um, and so that's something else that that, uh, that we did. Sorry. That also goes into when you know what their mandate is for the, for the, for the Mm -hmm. company that you're going to. So everybody knows that at BMP, we like underdog stories. So yes, we might be doing something about Ali, but it's from the point of view of how he became Ali, which is a complete underdog right. story. We might be doing something about mm-hmm. Bass Reeves. Of course, he's an underdog. He's a former slave who took down all these white outlaws. You know what I mean? So when you figure that right. out, then you could use that as your, as your, uh, uh, as your, bless you, Chris. You could use it as your through line, if you will, or as your filler to remind them 
when you're talking about why us of how we know you mm-hmm. and how these characters work for your mandate. You know what I mean? Go ahead, Simon. Yeah. And it, it, I mean, oh, no, I was going to say, uh, you know, it, it, it also reminds me, because I remember back in the day, it feels like every network is this way now, but back in the day, everybody who was pitching at AMC, they used to say, when you're going into AMC, AMC loves character driven stories. So you yes. need to be, you need to, you need to be hitting those characters and making sure that that is the most impactful and in the, in the, in where you spend the most, the majority of your real estate in your pitch is on character. Don't get in there and, and, and gloss over and then get right into the, into the stuff. Cause that's, that's not going to happen. I mean, nowadays, like, Every network, like I said, every network is that way, whether you're pitching at HBO or you're pitching at um, also HBO or right? <laughs> like, you know, uh, they're, they're all they're all kind of looking for those character driven hits that, that are going to propel their story forward. And, 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 and how you're going to use kind of getting to, to, to the to the point about um, uh, setting up the conflict in between those characters. How are you going to, you know, because that's that's what they want is 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 do we need to spend $30 million to fabricate some, you know, really explosive, uh, you know, plotting through this episode, or can we get, can we get by by just taking two really compelling characters and sticking them in the room together and having them, you know, work some shit out. And that's the type of thing that, that, you know, you can have all the action and all the other, you know, the zombies or the explosions or car chases or whatever going on around them. But Mm -hmm. the meat and potatoes of what makes a great show is going to be in character. Um, But, you know, there are other things that are going to that are going to be at, that are you know kind of like those type of considerations with respect to um, not only the production company but potential networks and individuals as well. Um, couldn't you know doing your homework on who you're who you're meeting with couldn't be more more of a, a more. Yeah. You can't get much better advice than that. Yeah. Well. Okay. So, he, like, here's something that's sort of like a footnote. Or, or asterisks to what Ross is saying is about the the uh, the uh, uh, doing the research, right? It's that if you kn- like, take a look at Showtime. Like Showtime doesn't necessarily spend the big money the way that HBO does or something like that, you know. But there's still a premium, you know. Um, uh, there's still a premium channel. But they lean in on the character stuff, like that show Your Honor and that show, you know, and that show City on the Hill. Like those two shows are shows that you probably that probably wouldn't go at HBO, you know, because because they're not like they're, they're not explosive enough in terms of what the world is. Whereas if you ask something that was like Westworld, that's a great show, but it's not something that they would do over at Showtime. Like they, they never spent that kind of money. And I think there's, I think there's a lot of it about like, Hey, if you look at the places, you know, the outlets you're going to sell it to, well, then you might want to like tailor certain things about your pitch that, you know, to, to fit what is within the parameter of what they do. Um, mm. You know, because, because I think a lot of times you have to think about, okay, so where's the show going to live? And I and I think right now it's it's a it's a very like bizarre marketplace because you only have like a few places now that are you know that are gonna buy stuff and put and, and even make stuff and not cancel it before it's it's ready to go, right. um, which is crazy. But but I think a lot of that has to do with like they're saying to themselves. It's an old adage about oh I ha-, you know like like my eyes 
are bigger than my stomach. And I think there's a lot of people who fell into that and they're, and they're spending all this money on, or they spend all this money on shows and now they're realizing we can't sustain a show that is like a hundred million dollars a season. If there's a way that you could mm-hmm. do it, that it was maybe $50 million a season, you know, I think we're more excited about that. Let's just say that's what it is. And if that's what you're doing, that, that means that, you know, you really got to emphasize the characters you know, not so much as the world for that buyer. Yeah, I agree. I also think that uh, myself, I learned like even screenwriting, I learned a lot from reading scripts. So I think pitching is a little harder because I don't think they're readily as available online pitch docs, I think, or or like examples of shows that have uh, pitching materials. I think Stranger Things is out there. And I think um, uh, House of Cards is out there. And I think have I saw. You, have you seen Javi's yeah. uh, mm. pitch? Javi and uh, yeah, what's his yeah. name? I'm forgetting his name. Jose? You know what I'm talking Jose, about. Jose, Jose. Jose. Jose Rivera. Yeah, have you seen their? Yeah. I'll send it to you. Maybe we should put that in the script notes, Chris. Yeah. They, they yeah, have yeah. a, they have Wait, a his, pitch his, they did live at the Writers Guild. And Chris and I were there. Okay. Um, yeah, it was dope. Yeah, I know Mickey Fisher has one that I yeah, that Mickey I saw, and then yeah. Selwyn got one too uh, mm-hmm. that I saw on YouTube where it kind of breaks down pitching. So I do think, you know, if you don't have the luxury of either talking to somebody or being able to sit in a pitch, um, even if it's a practice pitch, then I do think going on YouTube and looking at these things and actually looking at these documents. Um, are the way to go because I'm I'm a learner from seeing you know what yeah. I mean yeah, yeah. Um, as well as practicing um, so yeah I mean I, I think those would be a help for anybody out there who's like how do I pitch you know yeah well uh, so go ahead sorry let me let me finish this thought just before we moved on to yeah. this next thing something you were talking about Chris um, I think. There's, there's also the thing where we were talking about earlier about <clears throat> sometimes who you pitch to has a certain mandate. It's also like, mm-hmm. like we're a pod, which means a producer with an overall deal, right? So a lot of times writers like yourselves are going to be producing to guys and girls who have deals like we do, for example, right? So, so what, here's what I would say. Knowing that certain people have different mandates. So let's say you wrote a dark ass, you know, uh, show that you think is perfect, perfect for HBO. <clears throat> but your reps are like, I, 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 I can't get you a meeting at HBO, but I can get you a meeting at, a, at you know, A&E or whatever the fuck. You know what I mean? A Bravo, whatever. The, and you'd be like, shit, yep. you have to adjust and pivot that pitch in a way. Mm. So that is where when I was telling you guys before about what you write on the page and what you say are two different versions of the thing. You know, it's like Chris was saying, when you go to see a movie and you come out of it, you're able to tell your friend in like two minutes about the entire movie, you know, because you're so excited about the thing you saw. You have to walk in with that same experience when you know your story that well, that you should be able to just go out and be like, oh, so I can't give them the dark version. Let me give them the lighter version of how this would work without a lot of cursing and without the zombies. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just three of them. <laughs> you know what I mean? But whatever. Yeah. But you have, to, you have to pivot in that way 
you know, tone wise and theme wise and all that. So I'm sorry to interrupt. Go ahead, Chris. No, that's, um, that's, uh, that's like definitely something that you have to do. I mean, I can't remember what I was going to say. I was wrote them down, but I can't remember what it is. But, but anyway, I was going to, but you, but you remind, doesn't matter because you reminded me of something that I wanted to, to, to get into about like the actual performance part of what you, the thing you were saying about the energy, like, you know, I think a lot of writers, you know, are saying to themselves, what, I got to be an actor now? Well, you know, blah, blah. and it's, yeah. you know, and the thing is, it's not really that. It's like, mm. you know, there is an enthusiasm that you have yeah. about an idea. You know, how do you convince someone that that is something that they should listen to? And I think that, mm-hmm. you know, I don't have to get up and, you know, and talk in five different voices and everything like that. I mean, <laughs> now, it, now, it, now, if you can do that, by all means, do that. But if you can't, then it's a question of, okay, how do I, like, develop the way of speaking where I control things like, like there's my pitch, there's my tonality, there is the there is the rate of my speech because because like that that that's all these things like the hook points again. It's like if I'm talking to you and there's a point that you know I just got to get over to you like hey blah 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 you know like you know uh, there's some information I have to convey. It's important. I might say that for instance at say you know you know, like twice as fast or, or maybe or, or 1.5 speed, but something that I'm going to slow it down and then I'm going to, uh, if I talk about it with the right number of pauses and the right type of speed, you are inherently going to think that this is something important that I should be paying attention to. And and that's all stuff that you have to be able to design when you do your, you know, like the practice of it, like in the mirror or in or on your phone, you know, and, and you should record your stuff. I'm not sure if we got to, I'm not sure. Yeah, I think this was at the end of it last time we were talking about like, you know, a way just to test yourself is... If you yeah, record your pitch it. like on your phone and then play it back, you just listen to it and see how your voice is. And if you're monotone, you know, you can't be monotone. Like that's the thing. And I think a lot of times people think because they're giving a presentation, they have to keep like their vocal image like very like very smooth. But that's not how you keep people like compelled to hear more and more about what you're gonna say. So you wanna, you know, like you record yourself, listen to it, record yourself with your video and just, you know, you know, you, you should watch your body language. You should watch what your face does. You should watch like, like there's so much that, you know, that you should be doing in terms of how people are going to be perceiving you just by looking at you, because that is part of, I mean, that's part of the presentation, you know, and particularly because if, if you're pitching over mm-hmm. zoom, you can control that so much. You know, if you do it over Zoom, like I was telling telling you guys last time, you know, like a lot of times when I practice the pitch, I do it standing up. And because I have a standing desk, I just, you know, like 
like like I raise the desk up and, and, and practice the whole pitch like I'm standing because it gives me the ability to use my whole body like a lot more like during the conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that we inherently like kind of like get smaller as people in terms of our expressions when we're sitting as opposed to when we're standing. Cause we're used to like, you know, let's just think about if you, if you walked on a movie you loved and I mean like your body's all over the place and you're spinning around and shit like that. If something's really cool, but if you're sitting like you, like, like you just can't do that. And also yeah. I've, I've heard from some people that that's something they do in, um, that they get up and walk around if they do it in live in person, you know, and they, and they get up in the person's yeah. face and then they like, move back or like pick them, you know, I, mean, I don't know if they can pick them and shake them, but they're going to do wild <laughs> shit, you know, to, to, to make it memorable. Yeah. You know, when you were saying that, I mean, speaking of, speaking of Javi, uh, I recently was able to sit in on a, on a little conversation wow. with well, Javi when he was talking else, about. Right? <laughs> um, oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was able to sit in on a, on a little conversation. Can y'all hear me? Go ahead. Go ahead. You're fine. Yeah, yeah, I was able to sit in on a, on a conversation about Pitchy with Javi, and he was talking about how, um, you know, somebody was kind of lamenting the, the fact that so many pitches have gone away from in-person and towards Zoom. And, and Javi was coming at it from the perspective of, he was like, you know, you're, everybody's sitting in front of a screen and you're sitting in front of a camera presenting to them you are already moving into into a realm that is almost cinematic in a certain scope. And he's and he was of the mind of like find ways to lean into that as opposed to being like, oh, God, you know, I can't convey my energy. I can't do it. He's like, find the source of cinema. You know, he's like because like in a pitch, if you turn your back on your audience in person, it's not going to have the same effect as if you're doing it on a Zoom and you just kind of look away and they're like, you know, what the fuck is he looking at? But that that presents an opportunity for when you come back, like it's kind of like you're in in close up. You can convey information in a different way. It's something that I I personally had never Javi understands about, that. now I'm, Javi understands that yeah, like yeah, you because he was an actor too. So, you know what I mean? There's yeah, you understand yeah, yeah, yeah. that. You know what I mean? That's that's cool. I didn't mean to interrupt you on your whole flow, but Oh that, no, no, that, yeah, that's but a that, very that was very good point. Yeah, and, and it, but it just had me thinking about like I'm I because I, I was of the mind of like I'd never even thought about about how can we use the Zoom experience to our benefit in a pitching scenario. Um I don't have an answer for that, but that's just more like to put it out into the ecosphere for all the listeners out there. We can we can utilize this in a way that is going to be to our benefit as opposed to just being, you know, hamstringing us because we're so good in person. We can find ways to 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 play with the medium, to play with the format. And at the end of the day, that's going to be like the type of thing that, you know, an exec's going to turn off a zoom and be like, that was that was fucking good. And they're not going to know why they're not going to know why they're just going to think it was you. You were just amazing. And they don't know why. Well, let me hit you with this. Here's something that I always say is now this has only happened in the last, you know, three years since we've been on Zoom. God, this is three years now with this fucking Rona. It's crazy. Yeah, wow. Um, <clears throat> the, I always say what is in your background should show who you are. So now we have all these screensavers and things you could do to, you know, to make the tone be whatever. I think um, uh, uh, like we have this show called Ticker. I don't know if you guys have seen it yet. But there's there's a, a logo in the background and stuff that Chris had built that they put in the in the in the backdrop. What do you call it? The screen? What do they call it? You know what I'm talking about? Where yeah, you could the see the, the whole ticker yeah. thing going across. Yeah. The background. Yeah, so there's I'm always telling writers 
don't just be sitting there in a, in a white room. You know, give us the tone of whatever it is. Let us feel like, like, for example, if you're pitching something in the comic world, let me see in the backdrop that you got a hell of comics in the backdrop. You know what I mean? So I see this is your world. Mm -hmm. Let me see your poster of the X-Men or whatever the fuck. So I know that you're that type of guy or girl. You know what I mean? <clears throat> and so like the, some of the pitches that Pamela and I were doing before I started working at Ben's office and you guys have been in my office. I have a lot of different artwork depending on mm -hmm. what type of pitch I was in. I would have that in the backdrop to let mm -hmm. you know of the tone that I'm, I could deal with. If it's loosey goosey, I got the sneakers. If it's darker and then like historic, I'm showing you Malcolm X, you know what I mean? Or, or mm -hmm. Muhammad, you know what I mean? Whatever it is. So it just depends on what you want them to know about yourself. You know, don't just be standing there with a white space behind you. That's my philosophy. But go I ahead. agree. Well, so I agree. What, what, yeah, go ahead, Chris. No, no, no. I mean, but, but, but I, I think Hillier, that's a cool point because it goes back to what you say a lot about if you go take a general, right? You go take a general and you look around their office to see what that mm -hmm. person's interested in. And it might give you like a conversation point or something like that, you know, or there's some sort of commonality that you might have. And so I feel like, you know, what you're saying about what do you put in the background Again, it's just like what Rob was saying about it's it's cinematic, okay? So, you know, here's your chance to be the production designer and you get to design what's yeah. happening behind you so that people can understand and see I mean it's it's something subliminal. Like like I remember I remember one time when I went into a meeting uh with a guy and I was wearing like this Millennium Falcon shirt, you know, and he was like, Oh, fucking cool <laughs> shirt. You know, and it was like I mean and, and, and but I did that by design. You know, because I was kind of mm -hmm. like, how do I like, you know, like, like say to him, hey, I understand like the space that you run in. And I got something that, that, the, that the Falcon was it was it was a very kind of it was an abstract image. So it wasn't like something that was like like so uh, like, duh, that's the Millennium Falcon. It was like, you know, it was it was just the right. silhouette of it, you know. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, so it's th things like that that I feel are. Because um, you know the thing you have, to, you have to remember is executives, particularly you know if you're doing a network thing, if you're hitting that pitching season, they might be hearing like four to six pitches a day, you know, and and that's maybe four days a week, and so there and you know so you have to say to yourself, how do I make an impression? How do I stay in their mind? And 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 everything you can do. That is about, you know, because look, it's what we're doing is film entertainment. We've got, you know, we got lights, we got costumes, we got we got performance, you know, that we can like like rely upon as the actor when, you know, and basically like someone is watching this television show of you. You know, and, and which is like it's a weird way to think yeah. of it. But I'm thinking that now in response to what Rob was saying about yeah, like you you got to think about like like lean into the medium, you know, because mm. I mean it's 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 not going away. The uh, the the zooms from uh, the pitches over zooms, just the whole thing about doing meetings over zooms. I mean, it makes it it makes it easier for everybody, and so it's up to you to find a way to bridge that gap that is lost from if you're not in person with someone. But you know, there's, there's always that vibe check that you want to do, that, that you can do, you know, that 
you, you know, that you can pick up from someone like like just by just by watching them on a screen or figure or, or perhaps you got to figure out, you know, how to do that, because this is how people are selling things right now. And, and, and you can't, you know, like lament say, I want to go in person. I want to go in person. I mean, sure. I'm sure most people still want to do it in person. But, you know, that's no longer the time because like Hillier said, this is the this is this is going on year four into the the the, 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 uh, the pandemic and, and and this craziness so yeah yeah it wasn't even an option for uh like yeah. you know like my rep sent me these are the zoom dates when are you like, <laughs> like you know what i'm saying like it, it wasn't even no option like yeah so then that that was last week and so you know what i'm saying like mm. it's definitely not going anywhere so i let definitely me, me- feel like you do have to get familiar with it let me ask you a question, Saeed, at least for all of you, but just just thinking about you in particular. So you're the one on the mic with your overall deal for yourself. So you're you're my Ben Watkins, right? <laughs> in the room, so mm-hmm. to speak. So being that you have an overall deal, does it give you more power, so to speak, to be able to get the pitch with a higher level person? Because, like, for example, Chris and I have done lots of pitches. And a lot of times Mm -hmm. it's with some junior exec person who has no power except for let me take your pitch and move forward with the next person. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just curious from your point of view. Like, people have to come pitch to me before they can get to bid. You know what I mean? So I, I, I get it, but at least I know I have a voice. I'm not sure if everybody else does where they are. So I'm just curious from your point of view. When you guys go to pitch, are you able to meet with like the VP of whoever, or are you guys pretty much meeting with, you know, the manager who, you know, just is there to listen to see if it could even fit? I'm just curious. Um, that is interesting. I do think it helps when I'm pitching for IP though, because I already have a studio with me. Right. So that's that's one cool thing. Um, and I also feel like he, I. I do think it would be tougher for me, right, if I came straight off Flatbush Misdemeanors, which right. is the show I was on, and then I'm trying to pitch a new show mm-hmm. and I don't have a development deal. I do think that I wouldn't be, because when I do show up to these pitches, it is the head development exec. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. One or two of them um, that I'm pitching to, um, and then it goes right to the top or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, they're like, I'm going to take this to my boss. So I'm not necessarily, I do feel like I am meeting people that, uh, that I would be working on. Yeah. That I would be yeah. working on the show with like, you know what I mean? And, um, and the reason, and so the reason I, do I think that's a difference. The reason I asked you was because for me, if I would have read or heard or knew that the writer coming in just signed an overall deal six months ago, or however long ago was, I would be wanting to meet them. So that's yeah. why I was like, I wonder if the heads are trying to meet with them too. So like, who is this cat who's on one show <laughs> and got right. an overall deal? No, you know it, what I mean? It, it, it has happened where I've been in a, a couple of the, inter, a couple of the pitches. The, the exec was like, uh, I've been wanting to meet you or, you know what I mean? Like I've heard mm-hmm. about you. And so mm-hmm. it definitely did, uh, I think it definitely does benefit when you show up. Like I said, it would be way harder for me to maneuver as a writer coming off one television show 
to do what I'm doing at the and and that's just being real. <laughs> like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like I know it's not it's not the same for everybody. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, do you do you have it in your and I know you can only talk about something, so forgive me if I'm overstepping any questions. Do you do you have it in your deal so that when you if you sell something and it goes to the room that you get to co-show run or EP or anything like that? I'm only asking for people who are going to ask just more so like curious of how yeah. it works for you or is every situation just yes. depending on, you know. It is. Uh, if, if you create a show, the, the thing about having overall deals, you could, you could create shows with other people who don't have overall deals, mm-hmm. um, you know. Uh, but yes, it, it, it is kind of contingent on whatever the situation is. Like the show I'm uh, co-creating that we're pitching last week and next week is it would be a co-showrunner thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and even the IP that I just got that I'm going to be developing with. Um, I'm a co showrunner along with the author of the book, co-creator. So um, yeah, a lot of these situations are co showrunner situations. Good. Mm. Yeah. And that, that makes sense. Cause I mean, it, you know, from a certain perspective, like you're going to be what you, what you're pitching, you know, you're ultimately selling, you're ultimately going to be the captain of the ship. Um, and resp- the people are going to be buying the vision that you're putting forth. So it wouldn't make sense that, you know, like you sell something and then they'd be like, oh, Saeed, great concept. We love it. Wonderful. This guy's going to be your boss and he's going to be telling you what to do. Like that, yeah, that you know, still, though. Be surprised. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised, but I still think they would pair me with the senior showrunner, yes. though. Yeah, I, I yeah. do believe that. Yeah. Chris, you're probably going to talk about that. But yeah, yeah that's what I was going to say. I, I mean, they do that because, you know, they don't want the other person to have the vision buying that from you, Saeed, for an example. The only thing is you don't have experience delivering shows, delivering episodes, you know that whole thing about what, <laughs> well I mean you know how am I gonna um, you know I gotta do the producers cuts I gotta go in and do like you know you know like the spotting session I gotta go in and listen to the score there's I mean there's all those things that you get experience doing you know when you're working your way up the ladder when you're you know you're an upper level writer um, but you know, if you're new to the game, you know, if you've only done a, like a show or two, you know, you might not have had that exposure. And, you know, that doesn't that doesn't discount your vision or your voice or the ideas you have. But but they need to know that, like, I'm going to get these episodes on time, you know. Right. You know, like, uh, what the fuck? I mean. You know, there's a there's that. I mean, I don't want to say, but I will say there might be. I mean, there's someone we know who, like, who, you know, about a show that got yanked, and to me, it's kind of like, you know, did they feel comfortable about what happened? You know, because right. the, 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 the 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 writing the script and everything like that took a you know like took a lot longer than you know the necessary for that type of show, and you say to yourself, mm. you know. Are you going to make everyone feel confident in you? You know, because that's the whole thing. The whole thing is, is like, what's the confidence? What's the confidence? You know, you, you know, they have in in like, it doesn't matter where you are. 
in your career, they're always wanting to know, are we confident spending the money on you? And yeah. if there's something that makes them feel uncomfortable, then they're not going to spend the money. Now, the thing is, mm-hmm. that goes down to, you know, I, I remember something that Rod said before, like last week about, you know, you got to convey that level of confidence and comfortability, you know, during the pitch, because that's mm-hmm. your first opportunity to put, you know, you, you know, put that flag down of like, I know this world, I can deliver this. I'm not going to get rattled by X, Y, and Z. I understand that you know that there's, that there's all these personalities to deal with and blah blah blah. That's why I'll get paired with someone who uh, you know who understands that. You know, um, mm. speaking of getting paired with someone, everything like that. That's like a very tricky thing to do um, in terms of like personalities. You know, um, you know, yeah. our buddy Cole Haddon, like when he sold Dracula, they wanted to pair him with somebody that the network was like, this guy, this guy, this guy, he's going to be great. He's going to be great. He's going to be going to be great. And this guy fucking like, it was some of their Cole hated, you know? I mean, he was getting like ulcers and shit because it, because it was such a, it was such a, a, uh, um, uh, it was such a, it was such a combative experience, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy, like, I mean, they shot in Prague, but the guy was such an asshole that, that he, uh, you know, and because he was the network's guy, he was able to say to them, I don't want Cole to come to set. So Cole never got to come to set wow. on his own show. You know, wow. now granted, wow. it was, you got to fly out to Prague, but the final set went out there, find people to Prague anyway, but he never got a chance to go because the person they paired him with like sabotaged his reputation with all the people at the network before. because. Because it's the first time that Cole did anything, but this guy, you know, he's got a big track record of success with the network, you know, and so and so the thing is that you don't know, like, is that person going to be, you know, like covertly jealous because, you know, I got to work with someone on something that's not mine kind of thing, you know, so there's like a, it's, I mean, like, there's so much you have to worry about, like, when you're in that situation of being, uh, you know, paired with someone. And that's something well, that you have to, yeah. again, let's go back to what Saeed was saying about you've got friends that, sh- that you got to talk to, you know, like you really, really, really mm-hmm. got to talk to people about personality. Because I remember at the time, like Cole was telling me, you know, he'd been writing features at that point. And that was his first, you know, the first pilot he sold and everything like that. And the first thing he did in television, you know, when it went off. So he didn't have the, like the network in the television right. space talk yeah. to find out about, you know, like, like such and such, you know, um, and his, his reps are like, Oh, he's cool. He's cool. Here's, here's something that happens though. I've gotten really close to this a few times. So you go into pitch, they're all setting up about how much they want to buy this show. You, what happens now really sucks for you guys. I think <clears throat> where it used to be is Chris and I were coming up. If they wanted to buy the show, they'd buy the show. You know, and then they would like send you here's a list of other showrunners that we're interested in, right? And then you could go out and interview them mm-hmm. and have a meeting with them and see which one works for you. Now mm-hmm. it's like you have to come with here's a showrunner I brought in. And yeah. then it has to be does that showrunner clear on our end? You know, mm-hmm. and then All it's right. like, well, here's our list too. You know, it's like so many different ways where this thing, depending on the network where things could go 
a little differently where it seems like it used to be a lot more uh, seamless, if you will. Whereas now, like I said, with the expectation of studios and networks expecting, even pods now, expecting you to come with talent, with the director, with, uh, right. you know, the, the showrunner. I'm like, who, why are we asking for some no-name person to bring some celebrity star on their fucking front? Like, it's crazy. You guys are the network. Yeah. You should have mm -hmm. relationships with all these people. Like, it shouldn't be up to us. We have the project. I think, Chris, you were saying before, like, isn't that producing? Isn't your script the production itself? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, well, it's like funny. Well, you know? no, it's, it's look, look, it's definitely producing. It's it's like the you know someone was telling me this the other day, well, not the other day, but like maybe last year. I think that, that you know there's so many studios stuff like that. Again, people don't want to do the work, and it's so much easier to push the work on you. And, and it's like, hey, if you can get the 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 ball up the, the whatever the rock up the mountain, the boat up the mountain as far as possible, except for the tip, you know, uh, the 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 thing is, these non-writing producers and people like that, like they have positioned themselves in the industry where you need to go to them, you know, to get mm -hmm. things, you know, yeah. to move things along, you know, like they, you know, like have some sort of track record or, you know, you know, I mean, I think the guy, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, if you were to get like a movie producer who had been super successful, like making movies to come and come and do, come in with you on a TV show, then they feel comfortable because they're like, oh, well, he knows how to deliver. He knows how to like, in terms of deliver, it's like he knows how to to, to manage the hundred plus personalities and people, you know, and all that right. to make sure that, okay, you know, he's done three or four movies that have all been successful. You know, he knows how to like hire the right team, blah, 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 blah. So again, it just makes them feel comfortable. But I, but, 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 but what you're saying here it is, that's your job. Like studio or production company, that's not my job, you know, because it's harder for me to make the phone call to people who, you know, who could potentially, you know, who can potentially uh, move the needle because I'm not the person who's got the A list with like five shows on the air and shit like that, you know, I'm, you know, but right. so it, it becomes this. And nobody it, it, wants to sign their name to something that isn't already something. Yeah. That's yeah. the problem. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Go ahead, or somebody who was there for something. You know what I'm saying? Like it's like nobody wants to be first at all. <laughs> like you know. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Rob. Yeah. Oh no, I was just I was just gonna say. I mean, I, you know, kind of getting back to sort of like what kicked off the, the portion of this conversation when when uh, when Chris was talking about, you know kind of creating a show and then getting cut out. I mean, we're getting a ways away from pitching, but but like to tie it, it back to It all ties pitching, in though. They um, need to know this shit. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, to get to tie it back to pitching, it's kind of like the one of the reasons that we talked about this, I don't know if it was if it was in the portion that got cut up, but just the absolute value of folding in your own personal story, your own personal perspective, um, how you view the project and how that is is um, absolutely integral to the, the project getting executed um, when you when you actually start you know, obviously taking it from script to, to actual production, the more you are involved in that, the more you're, you're personally tied to that story, 
the more sway you're going to have when you find yourself in challenging situations with, a, let's say, somebody who brought in a, a, a showrunner to, to do the nuts and bolts of, of, of producing the show. Um, if you, if the, the network is thinking from the perspective of, well, we, 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 we bought the show, but we bought this, this person. We bought their perspective on the show and they're not going to cut that person out or they're going to be less likely to cut you out as it goes on. I mean, you know, you'd have to probably have, you know, a significant amount of failings in order to get a disconnect to, to the time that, you know, you're actually going to set to produce um, and being, you know, ex- excluded from that scenario. But, um, you, you know, if you if you are the more the more work you do, basically, in the pitch, to, to really build the story and its personal connection to yourself, that is going to pay dividends as the process goes forward. For sure. One thing that I, uh, real quick, one thing that I always is like, you know, look, benefit of having amazing mentors is also dope. Um, you know, even talking to Ben, like one thing Ben Watkins told me was like, look, man, most of these pitches are going to, you're not going to sell. And I think that's a good thing that these that upcoming writers need to understand, too, is like, you know, it's like a baseball player average. Like mm-hmm. you're going to fail 70 percent of the time. But if you can sell 30 percent of the time, you're a Hall of Famer or something like. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. that's something else you got to realize is like you got to be a creating machine because you never know which one is going to sell. And most of them aren't going to sell. That's just a fact. And it's like, how do you put yourself back together after that? Like, you know what I'm saying? Here's the cool thing, though. Most of them aren't going to sell now. Right? They may sell later. That's the thing that I'm always, I love how you said you got to be coming up with a bunch of other stuff. Because, Saeed, as soon as you get one, imagine Mm -hmm. what your company is going to look like now. Now, everybody's going to be coming to Saeed going, oh, he knows how to put a show on the air. So now your pod right. is really going to blow. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like our thing. And now it's going to be like they don't want to do anything without Saeed. So they're going to be coming to you mm-hmm. going, we want Saeed to write this. We want Saeed to be the showrunner. We want Saeed to be, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what happens with us now. So hopefully you'll find a team and you'll be able to get Raw to a position where it's like, okay, I'm going to bring Raw in to co-showrun this thing because I'm busy doing this thing. You know what I mean? And that's Mm -hmm. how that thing will happen for you, which is what we did. Oh, well, Malcolm could do this. Oh, or, you know, Carlito could do this. You know what I mean? You know, Charles could do this, whatever. And so it still is in the family that way. But but somebody has to get there, you know, to open up the Mm -hmm. door for the rest of them. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And I think I think I kind of, you know, to piggyback on that point cited and in, 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 uh, related to, to to previous conversation is that um, the, the previous conversation surrounding nobody wanted to be first and, and sometimes people passing on it because there's nobody attached to it. Uh, you know, you can have a banger of idea. You like, you know, this is a show that can, that can go and can generate an audience. And because you got nobody attached to it or, you know, you don't have, you know, sort of like the track record of, of, of producing shows and, and taking them to to to, to completion. Um, you got you got to put that in, in the desk and, and but you're not chalking it up as as a loss. It's just kind of like, oh, we're coming back to this one. You know, when <laughs> let, let me let me let me get so, you know, let's get the ball rolling on some of these other projects that have. You know, you know, the, the, the wheels are greased and they've got attachments in, in, in a variety of different levels. Um, let's get those off the ground. And then 
once I get a little bit more cachet in this town, then we'll, we'll come back and revisit this. And then, and, you know, cause I mean, I feel like, you know, some of the, some of the best stuff that I, that I've written, um, would not be the first thing that I would be, that would be coming out of my mouth in, in a bitch. I wouldn't be like, let's, let's go to this one. I'd like, that's, that's one like, all right, that's a little later in the career. Let me, let me, let me see, give you something um, that you might be, you know, interested in, in, in making happen in the but immediacy. Most, most passion projects are smaller movies like that or smaller ideas right. that aren't, yeah, they're not yeah, big, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. tent pole stuff. Um, one of the well, things yeah, we, 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 no, but, yeah. I said most. I, didn't say all. <laughs> I just want to be honest. My big ideas are the passion ideas. <laughs> the smaller stuff I got to get by. Hey, you like this? You like this? this the biggest stuff, like, oh, no, no, dude, that's too big. That's too big, man. What the fuck are you doing? You know, because you got to essentially, you know, you have to get with someone like a, you know, like a David Goyer or like a J.J. Abrams to, to do those big mm-hmm. ideas, you know, and that's the stuff right. that I, you know, mm-hmm. wanted to do. But I, but I feel you. I feel you. Yeah. The, the, so, here you. There is ahead. one thing, though, that I, that I did want to say is like there was a moment during the Golden Globe Awards mm-hmm. where Mike White mm-hmm. got his award <laughs> yeah. for White Lotus and said, He's stupid. Every one of y'all execs in here I pitched this show to Damn. two years ago, three years ago, and y'all all said no, <laughs> except yeah, HBO. Yeah. And so yeah. that is something real that I keep reminding myself, even as I'm pitching, is like, if somebody passes, that's okay. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yes. It's like, it, at the end of the day, all you need is one yes, right? So you pitch in 10, 12 people, all you need is one yes. And like you said, you might have to hold it like Matt Weiner did with Mad Men, you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. HBO passed on that. Like, you know what I'm saying? You gotta sometimes you might have to hold on to that show. You know? Yeah. Now now he never has to work with well, <laughs> Go ahead, Ralph. Yeah. Oh no, I was just I was just gonna say that uh it, I, you know, kind of getting back to like the, the passion projects, I mean, that's the stuff that I fear that I probably fear the most with respect to to pitching is the stuff that starts a little smaller, it starts a little slower because you really have to, because like you said, like on its surface, like think about pitching White Lotus mm-hmm. in that pilot episode, which is, a, which is, you know, I mean, he's just setting up the characters. He's setting right. up the world. He's starting real small, nothing really. I mean, outside of like the, 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 the baby being delivered, like it's, it's just a very small stakes. It's, it's wealthy, you know, people getting to an island yeah. <laughs> right? and, and and unpacking the luggage at a resort like not a lot happens and the confidence to go in and have that be your pilot episode is like the terrifying thing for me from not only from a writing standpoint from but from a pitching standpoint because i'm like are people going to see the vision are they going to understand um what i'm trying to do oh you know because it's with a show like white lotus it's not until like you start rolling episode two and then it's three and then by the you know episode episode five you're like i this is the greatest show on tv but and but how do you but, pitch that i mean that's that's a mystery to me the thing i remember is it starts off with there's a dead body it starts yes. off where yeah. they're in that, <laughs> that they're all sitting there now you're like in the yes yeah, you're, yeah. okay so yeah, so, yeah. Who, so who died who died because they're yeah. sitting there and they're all kind of like at the Mystery. point where they're back, they're coming back home and they're at the hotel, they're at the airport and they're exhausted. And you're like, okay, well, someone got fucked up, you know? And so, <laughs> so it's very much like a, um, 
It's very, I mean, he, I'm, uh, he might have said this, he might not have. He, he might have said, this is Agatha Christie. You know, here's the dead body at the top. Yeah. I'm going to have you meet all these people. You're going to have to guess who's going to die. And the thing is, yeah. I'm going to paint them all in a way that you want them all to die. So now you got to figure <laughs> out who the fuck is really going to die, you know, because that's yeah. kind of how he did. I mean, look, you know, I've only seen the first episode. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but at the same time, I think what you're saying, Ra, is the, the confidence in that is, you know, uh, the thing is, is that we don't see the death. We just see that like mm-hmm. coffin thing coming in, and it's and it, and and we're like, whoa! And and there's no one even talking about how someone died, you know? Because if you're watching something like, say, the beginning of Castle, right? In Castle, like they mm-hmm. find that body, and it's all like been like carved up, and it's like the 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 signature of the serial killer and shit like that. And you're like, oh, what the fuck is this? But this is like, hey, it's just a dead yeah. body, and these people are fucking like, you know, like their brains are scrambled, and and then you watch in the show. And you really gotta, you know. And the thing is, these rich people who are at a fucking resort, like that, is so putting you back on your heels for the audience. Like, I should give a fuck about any of them. What? I, yeah, I really, yeah, yeah. I'm not in Hawaii right now, and I want to be there. So it's it's a, yeah. There's a lot to it. There's a lot to it. So they are yeah. dysfunctional characters, though. That's another thing. Yes. Like. That's is is it's kind of like Succession. I know a lot of people oh, yeah. were turned off at Succession, the pilot, because it's like, why the fuck do I want to watch all these rich white people with what's going on in the world? But it's just the dysfunctionality of the family yes. that keeps yeah. you going, because that's something you can relate to. So it's like that's a good way, I guess. You know, when you're pitching, it's like, yeah, but it's we're gonna get into this dysfunctionality of this family. You know what I mean? The characters like, yeah. and the yeah. writing, though, is on a level that's just so yeah, fucking agree. amazing. You can't, you can't top. I mean, the acting. The, I mean, the, everything. It's like on the top level. It's like super smart. It's in the world. Like I talk about this all the time. I could write the scenes, but when they talk about all the 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 what they call it the uh, the the Wall Street stuff, I'm done. Yeah, I got I got to bring Chris in to write those scenes. I'm fucked up. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? The character parts, that shit is all fun. But anyway, so here's what I was going to get into right quick that we did get into last week, but we got, you know, messed up with was we were talking about, Chris, we were talking about last week about one of the things besides the performance to me is how you format the pitch. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Super duper, super duper, duper important. So I'm going to go through how I format things, which is similar to what Ben does, but I just, my order's just a little bit different. So I always start off with my overview. So in my overview, mm-hmm. we were talking about this. God, I wish we had it because it was so good last week. <laughs> but yeah. in my overview, and we could get into you guys' overview, maybe we'll go through each segment. Um, In my overview, one of the things that I'm trying to pose is I'm always trying to set up a question that is probably going to be answered when I finish probably my season one. So I'll pose something. So I'll I'll do two things. I'll set up a stat that might say, for example, I'm just spitballing something. Did you know that in the 1800s there were, you know, three black U.S. Marshals, right? We only know of one. What if I were to tell you there were 70? I'll get to that later. 
You see what I mean? And I'll leave exactly. it in your brain so that when I get through the story and we get through season one and we've met all these other black marshals, I'll remind you. Remember I mentioned there were 70 of them? This is the crew. Mm. You see what I mean? So I'll bring it back, right? So my overview is usually setting up a little bit of the world. It's setting up like something you never heard of or don't know before I get into the rest of the story. I'm just trying to leave you with something to think about. You know what I mean? What, what about you guys? I'm the same. I'm the same. My I, if The pitch we're doing opens on what if I told you one of the blah, 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 blah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Um, and then this is the premise of our series. Then we go, you know what I mean? So it's like, so it's a, it's a paragraph, same thing, question. Like, this is the question. Uh, yeah. Very wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah I, I was just going to echo that. I mean, I think that that's like the, you know, the, the word on the street is that is that every every executive has heard every story structure that could that could ever be pitched. They hear, you know, hundreds of pitches every year. Right. You're not going to they're already primed for this idea of. I know, you know, I, I'm, I'm likely to hear a repeat of a pitch I heard a year ago or two years ago or this. And the more you can with some immediacy, you know, step in there and hit them with something that they're not expecting and get them questioning, be like, well, that's a question I've never been asked before. Or that's a, that's a, that, that's an angle on a topic that I may have be, have some familiarity with, but I've never thought about it from this perspective. You've already bumped them out of their cycle and they're already right. leaning in a little bit more and being like, okay, what else does this person have to say? So I, I think that's a great tact. Not necessarily if you have to have a question, but if you can, you can present them, maybe an existing topic or, you know, that from a new perspective, great way to start your meeting. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, look, you know, I talk to, I I find a way to talk about myself, to personalize the topic that I'm going to get into. And then, you know, I do that like in a way, and then I'm going to maybe ask a question. You know, uh, you know, because mm-hmm. I, I, I think there's a lot of reasons as to why, like, or, or, or sometimes I'll just make a statement, you know, that, that is a provocative enough statement to make you go, well, what now? You know, like, like, like there was a project that I, I that I want to go out and pitch and I had been developing part of it and I kind of set off and I say, I used to think that my father was a good man. I don't necessarily Damn. know. <laughs> you know. That's great. That's fire. Yeah. And then you're like, well, yeah, shit, yeah. What, what's hard, the deal man. here? You know, yeah, yeah. But, you know, you know, and I, I, you know, and it's like, you know, here's how I grew up. Here's, you know, this is what I learned from my dad. So I didn't learn from my dad, but there's this thing that happened that kind of like set me up, like, you know, to question about his morality, you know, mm-hmm. And it all started with, you know, this, you know, and that's, you know, and, and I keep that short and then I'll go, okay, so now the show, you know, I mean, I wrote, I, I try to come off the personalized part and this will be the next thing we talk about, at least for me, is yeah. to roll. That's probably my on. favorite way to hear it, by the way. That's my favorite yeah. way to intro. I love that. Go ahead, mm-hmm. Keith. That's great. 
Yeah. Then after that, I just want to hit them with the log line. So because for me, it's like, look, I'm talking to you about like this world, like what you guys said, like, hey, there's the 70 different, you know, like the lawmen or the, you know, like whatever. I'm, so so now it's like, OK, here's the, uh, the idea that is like personalized to me. Now I want to focus it into what this show is by seeing what the log line is, you know, and, and, and get that. Mm-hmm out of the way early because if you do the log line right then you kind of set up a lot of expectations like if i say oh this is a this is a film noir this is a western you know like like this is like a, a you know this is like a near future sci-fi you know it's like it's what rob is saying is, is that you that you're priming them for what it is no usually you gotta like send someone like a log line or whatever it is just to get the meeting set you know, so they're like, oh, yeah, that, oh, we want to hear that, you know, but but you want to remind them of what it is, because like I was saying earlier, you know, let's let's say it's Wednesday. You probably heard 15 pitches this week, you know, like, OK, well, you know, they set the meeting three weeks ago. So it's OK. We're talking about this. Don't assume we remember it. Don't assume. It. Yeah. Yeah. I can right. tell you now. Or read, or read anything that you've sent in advance. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, there's also that whole thing that's, that's, that's always just to tell me if, you, if it's based off a book. Uh, assume they ain't read it, you know. Because <laughs> they assume they yeah. ain't read it, you know. And so it's up to you to kind of, you know, which means that you got some license. Again, you're adapting it in a certain way, and you could talk about well in the book they did blah blah blah, you know, you know. So so it gives you sort of like a it's it's underwriting your idea because you're coming from a book, but you got to assume that they not read the book. They probably read the coverage just the top mm-hmm. page of it, the summary or blah, 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 you know, because I mean, you get someone, how hard is it to get someone to read a, a, a document, you know, fucking let alone a 500 page book. They just think they ain't got to have time, you know? And then I remember, <laughs> I remember yeah. when I was working at, at Lionsgate, I used to read books for coverage for them, you know, because you have mm-hmm. to, you know, the, it's, you know, if you got a 500 page book, it's a bestseller. How many of those can you possibly read in a week? You know, you probably right, can't yeah. because you got too much other shit to do. Um, Agreed. So that's what I do is to personalize it and then find a way, to, you know, and, and then bring the, the personalized. The, the, the key to the personalized thing goes back to what Rob was saying about these executives have, have heard every story, format, structure, blah, blah, blah. The thing is, what's my point of view on mm-hmm. this? You know, yeah. is there something about yeah. this? That's my background or my life, or it's not even that. It just could be the way. Here's how I see something. Because I think a lot of times, like if you're pitching a science fiction story or you're pitching like a period piece, which which everyone kind of thinks is like, you know, those are the hardest things to pitch. But it's like you can't just say I want to be in the future or I want to be in the past. It's like here's why right. this past, like the way I'm going to tell you about the past is different, mm. you know, um, yeah. because uh, there was someone who was saying earlier about they got to run it up the chain, you know, and so part of your ability is you got to give the person that you're talking to enough kind of like, you know, bullet points that when they're taking notes that when they get to go and talk to their boss or whoever it is, they've heard enough cool shit 
So because because yeah. they're, they're not gonna be able to pitch as as, as well as you can. So you got to give them things that you know that they can like you know they can grab onto and 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 they can say oh 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 I I you know what it's a procedural and it's about this but the guy who's pitching it he has this fucking background and it's so and so the whole show is gonna be dope because that's how they're gonna say it you know and that's up to you to convey that information about yourself to them so they can yeah, feel like yeah, yeah. Oh, shit now I know why we should do this with him. Yeah. But yeah, you just said something interesting, which is something we talked about last week, unfortunately, was, mm. in my opinion, and I love what you just said, to me, my favorite pitches are the version you're talking about. If I don't just start, start jump into the overview, overview, I jump into why me and why mm. this story, right? So yeah. when, if I do the version that I'm saying where I start on the overview, the overview is something that puts a question in your mind and then I'll jump into why me, right? So, and here's why. This is why this is so important to put this up front and Chris is getting to it right now, is depending on the company you go to, to pitch, they already have deals with other writers, especially bigger companies. They already have writers that are on their favorite list that they're looking to work with. So if you come in as a no-name writer and you have an amazing idea and you don't tell me your why me, I'm immediately going, well, shit, I just met this dude named Rob the other day who's super dope at this type of thing. I bet we could bring him in to to write this. Despite how good you pitched it. Because you didn't tell me your why me and why only you could do it. And why and how you have more stories. See, Chris just told me this is about his father. So all day yeah. long, he's got stories that go on for fucking three seasons. I already know it. You see what I'm saying? So you got to be able to tie in your why me early. Mm-hmm. You know? Go ahead, Chris. Well, yeah, well I mean, look, I mean, if you take something specific like that, like I said, the show about my dad is like, it's, it's, it's kind of like, look, once I begin to tell you about the story and it starts to roll out and you hear about all the other characters, I mean, and, and all the stuff, then, then you're saying to yourself as the executive, I can't replace him because the way you've designed the main character is based upon someone that you live with for, you know, and monitor their, their you know, like their ups and downs for at least 20 years. You know, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's not longer, you know, I mean, depending on how old you are. Oh, you know, okay, so you 40 years, you've known your dad, shit. And, and this is how you are crystallizing that experience. And if someone else comes in, I, I could put anybody else in there, but you know what? They're not going to make that dad character and that family that you've created, that you've, that you've formulated, like, from your life. Well, that's not going to be exactly what we buy. You know, and, the, and then, right. you know, and maybe they might bump you after the first season if you're an asshole and you are a problem, a problem child and people can kind of figure it out. But it's still it's going to deviate from what you have sold them and what they're interested in in buying and 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 and, and trying to put on the air. Because, you know, it's the thing about, you know, if you think about even a procedural, right, the procedural if you do it, you've got to be able to give some reason about that cop, that doctor, that fucking lawyer, like their personal life that is you, 
you know, it might be different if you are an attorney. Well, I'm an attorney and I did X, Y, and Z. And so, I mean, for instance, you know, when I was up for um, um, L.A. Law like last year, right, when they were getting ready to do that, I know Mark Guggenheim, he's a former attorney. So, you know, his insight into all that legal shit is going to be, you know, not something that I can like, you know, do. And, and, you know, and so that's why he's able to, to maybe do that. If I'm pitching, I mean, now there's a lawyer show that I want to do. And, and, and I say, look, it's not like a law law show, but it's, it's in the legal world. And I know it because my dad was an attorney. You know, but there's those things that, that, that you got to like, like link on so that they understand that you'll be able to like come up with stories or if not, you come up with stories, you know how to like put the right stamp on it. You know, because if you said to me, hey, Chris, I want you to write this story about, you know, these these, uh, you know, like these refugees from Somalia. Well, since you're black, you can write that, right? I mean, like you might get that if for so many executives. It's like, no, I can't really write that because I'm not a refugee. You, you know what I'm saying? You know, you know, there's, there's yeah. all this. I'm not, and, 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 you know, and, and I'm not even an immigrant to know what that experience is like. But that's what the showrunner should bring. Now, if that person will come over here and they're trying to do X, Y, and Z. You know, I mean, well, that's other stuff about just, just meetings, but I, I, there's so much about who you are that has to go what, like into the pitch because you see certain shows and you kind of like, why does she get a chance to do that? Particularly IP, you know, I mean, we talk about this all the time. Mm-hmm. Where we, you know, we talk about um, uh, uh, Andrea Burloff who but, got but- to write the, the thing for, for, for Straight Outta Compton, right? And we're, and we're like, mm-hmm. okay, how did this, you know, like this white Jewish girl write the name, the name NWA story? And it's kind of like she had to come in there somehow and pitch them on an angle that, he, you know, that Dre and fucking Ice Cube were like, yeah, that's the angle we want to take on this, you know? Because yeah. mm-hmm. that's the thing resume. people don't understand is other black people did come in the pitch. She yeah. had the best angle. And they gave mm-hmm. her full access to them. So anybody, and that's the, that's the thing that I have with writers. I know we're jumping off on something else. Forgive me, but this is called the rant room. Nah. But that's the thing I have with writers in this climate about why people can't write us bullshit is, to mm-hmm. me, I thought she fucking nailed that script. And I've read the script. See, most yeah, of the people are talking just to watch the movie, right? Mm-hmm. Anyway, but you could tell she's been sitting in a room where it happened. She's been listening yeah, to the mm-hmm. motherfuckers talk and getting the twang and getting the rhythms and the staccatos and all that stuff and how they talk. And it's on the page. You know what I mean? Yeah, and mm-hmm. if you and that's what I always say, I don't have an issue with white people writing us. Just do the get the nuance down. You know what I mean? Yeah. 100%. You get the access to somebody, then you can get the nuance. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, are you going to say something wrong? Yeah. Oh, I, I was just going to I was just going to say that that there's like um I mean, you know, speaking of, I mean, not 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 commenting on. Uh, well, I'll put it like this: like, there are times when <clears throat> being a fan of a certain thing, like a certain existing IP, is going to benefit you in a pitch, and there are also times when not being a fan of a certain IP are going to benefit you in a pitch, right? Because you 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 basically have to you have to decide. You know, you know, and this gets to that to that to that to that piece of like, what's the angle of your approach? I mean, I don't I don't know the backstory of the writer of Straight Outta Compton, but if somebody comes in to me and, and they're like, 
you know, and they're like, you know what, I'm not, I didn't grow up listening to NWA that was, you know, whatever, 10 years before I was born, or it was just not a genre I was listening to. But let me tell you, I've got a background in investigative journalism. And, you know, and I've, you know, I've, and I've dug into these different characters, done stories on these people on this, like, to me, like that, you can sell somebody on, on an impartial eye, yes. right? And, and having a distance to a certain topic, you know, not living up in that culture, you may, you may look at it from an outsider's perspective that could either A, open the story up to a broader audience, or B, you're just not going to come in with, this, with the same nostalgic view that every other, you know, person who's come in, who's, who's, who's starting the pitch off as a fan being like, I grew up listening to you, Dre. I grew up listening to you, Ice Cube. Like, I, you know, the, the, you know uh, my first album that I ever bought was this, that, and the other. And it's like, you might be thinking to yourself, can this person objectively tell this story in a way that's believable? Or are they just going to come in and, 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 and just give, you know, sort of like it? yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. That's a great point. Now go ahead, Chris. No, I've said, that's a great point. I mean, because you want to be able to let everyone know that you know how to do what is required. And I think that, there's almost nothing better than um, you having a preconceived notion about what you want or what this is going to be or what it's going to do. And someone comes in with a, with, with a take that's like, I never thought of it that way. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and, yeah, yeah. and you know, and the thing is that you're telling, you know, like Ice Cube and Dre, you, you're telling my story. What do you know, white girl? And it's like, and she says, blah, mm-hmm. they're like, that's fucking oh, a wild way of looking at my life. Yeah. Shit. That's what happened. That, yeah. 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 I've heard, I mean, uh, we had heard. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, it's, it's funny you talk about that, Chris, because I think that's one thing I started doing in pitches lately, especially for IP, is taking big swings. And so mm-hmm. I just got an IP that I'm going to develop. Um, and part of it was when I talked to the author, he was like, you had two big because I, I had a, even in my pitch, I was like, here go a couple big swings. Like, you know, what I'm saying things that I see could be in this show. And he was like, I've never thought about that being in this show. And so I do feel like especially when it comes to IP, like take some big swings. Don't be scared. You know what I'm saying? To like because and like you said, they're going to meet 15 fucking writers, you know, and so take some big swings and come in there, like you said, you might not want to come in like you're a fanatic about something, you know what I mean? But, yeah, yeah. you know, come with a different approach. Try to try to view it from a different lens because they're hearing that what whatever you think, like, you know what I mean? The first thing you think, everybody's thinking that. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. But I mean, Agreed. also, I mean, kind of to, 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 to counterpoint, you know, the, what we're discussing here, like there are times like, especially in the Marvel universe, so many, I've heard so many interviews of, of Marvel creators who have sold, you know, they told the story when they, 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 they sold the pitch of the, on the IP and they, they spoke exclusively from a point of fandom, right. You know, of like, you know, I, you know, and, and, and in that they were sort of, I think the the real value that they were having in that is that they're, they're demonstrating their knowledge of the vastness of the world. And they're like, because Marvel is a huge interconnecting animal and if somebody can come in and they can they, they can show command, like I know all the characters, I know how they all relate and how we can tell a, a, a you know a, a six eight ten episode 
little snippet in this in this genre, then you're kind of getting back to that confidence point. But but it's it, but it's like you have to you have to choose when it when is when is the fandom going to help you? When is it going to hurt you? Um, or, or is there going to be some sort of happy medium in between that's going to allow you to 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 make the most compelling argument um, in 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 the pitch overall? Yeah. Awesome. So the next thing that I move to. So I usually set up either my why me into my overview or my overview into my why me. And like you were just saying a minute ago, right? Every single pitch can change. It depends on what you feel the best flow is. If I don't do my, um, if I don't do my like intro into who my, why me into my character or into my um, overview, I'll do the overview into who I am. So I'll like switch it up depending on that. And I'll sometimes jump right into like the log line um, and then the world and the tone and the theme. But I like to kind of encapsulate it all together. So they're not necessarily like its own little piece. Like when you read it on paper, it is. But when I talk about it, I kind of bring it all together. You know, so in essence, I might say like our show is a Western in this place. It feels like this show and this show. I'll combine them all together. You know, so that it's not here's the tone, here's the theme, here's the whatever. I try to make it feel a lot more organic. You know what I mean? What about you guys? Yeah, I, I mean, the thing, you know, like, I feel like once I've hit you with the log line, I want to hit you with like the world and the tone and like the themes and, and, and you know, and any kind of comps. But I want to kind of do it as conversational as possible, you know. So I want to start kind of like I start talking about the show and talking about the characters, and then you know start to to filter that in. Right. You know, like I don't say, "Hey, so like the show is set here." You know, I I, I said in this thing that I sent this Hayid, I, I was like, you know, um, here's some so stopping ground. You know, like it's my, you know, it's like, boom, it's like, oh, this is where, it's, you know, like to tie it into like the character and start, 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 start building in who, like who these people are, you know, as opposed to kind of make, making everything discreet, because I feel like if you do the tone and the, like, I think it's cool if, if you could put all the theme, if you could s- sprinkle in conversation about the tone and the theme throughout. So it's not so like. Here it is, because I feel like you can talk about the, especially the themes, depending on who you're talking about in the character or where you are when you're talking about the season, you know, when you get into that part, because that, um, like, that allows you to talk about, like, talk about, like, more themes, and it can come up in in how you're going to relate it to something in the story, as opposed to just, like, stating it. You know, hey, I'm going to talk about, you know, why computers are bad. You know, I mean, I don't want to, you know, it's like, well, okay, sure. But if I can, like, get into the, you know, the character, you know, and, the, and those dynamics, that feels more organic to a conversation, you know. And I think, I like that, I think Chris, that's all that it is. Just make it sound like a conversation. Yeah, I like that. I, I like that because it comes out of, even when you're talking about the world, like, this is a world where, you know, uh, computers don't exist, for example. So all of our characters are this way. You know what I mean? Nobody's even heard of the internet. 
you know, whatever it is, blah, blah, blah. So th- when you're setting that up, you're also talking about the, the actual tone and the themes in the world. You could say and everybody's in search of a God because there isn't one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Whatever the fuck. You know what I mean? Yeah. Go right, ahead, Rob. Right. Oh, no, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't saying anything. I was just agreeing. No, I also, I also think you could uh, tonally, you could also get across either by having comedy or maybe some of the stuff is funny. So you get the tone. Like if this is a comedy, you should have some funny shit that's that you're talking about or saying it in a funny way. And like if it's, you know, like, for example, like in mine, since mine is a kind of street urban show, I might say, yo, this the type of motherfucker that would do that. Like, you know what I mean? Like if I'm pitching a children's show, I'm not going to say. Yo, this motherfucking kid. our children's show. <laughs> yeah, but I'm saying if, if I'm at Nickelodeon, you know what I'm saying, by my old stomping ground, I wouldn't say now this motherfucker right here, you know, when when he sits down at the junior high class table, like you know what I'm saying? Like, but you know, you like I, I think need to shut up and everything like that. <laughs> right, right. But, but I do, I do feel like there is a way, you know, or even if it's suspenseful, right? Like how Chris was saying, you might, you might vocalize that a certain way to bring suspense in the way you talk and like stop and pause and. So I definitely feel like there's a way you can convey tone without reading. This is a funny show, and that is the you know what I mean. Like, like no, show us. Yeah, show us, you know? Go ahead, Rob. No, I I mean, like, you know, kind of like in that in that same vein, it's it's uh, something has drawn you to this project. Something about it speaks to you. Something about it speaks to your 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 past. I mean, we already talked about the, you know, sort of like making your personal story tailored um, to the specificity of this world. Um, I think that, you know, and, 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 you know, what Saeed's getting at there is it's kind of like you almost want to inhabit maybe not even a character in the show, but in a, inhabit somebody who lives within this world. Right. Even if it's just a reflection of yourself. Right. Hopefully you'll be speaking from experience from one from one 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 uh, one vantage point. Um, and, and so that is going how you choose to to place yourself in this world as it's as it's as it's grand order is going to convey tone in a certain sense. Indeed. For sure. So one of the things that I want to say, so we get as we get into so we set up, you know, we set up our why me, we set up our 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 overview, if you will. You know, we 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 got into the log line. Um, so this is where for me, this is just different for everybody. A lot of people now may jump into the characters, right? As I said, for me, I like to do a version where I, when I get into the pitch, I'm setting up the characters. Um, but this could be a space where you could take a moment to set them up. But however you do it, I think you should do it cleverly. And if you do it right, as you go into the teaser, you should be setting that up. Just help mm. yourself get ready for that. So at least we've met these people. So when we get to the teaser, we're not going, well, who's that? You know what I mean? <clears throat> I'll do a version where I'll, in the teaser, include who that person or, you know, the hero is or whatever the thing is, just so that you get a sense of who he is. And then I'll come back to him when we get into the pilot and really expand 
a little bit more on how that person works in the world and why and you know all that other stuff as i'm going through the plot you know for me that's how i prefer um but one thing i did want to say was when you get to the teaser the teaser is the one place for me we were talking about this last week saeed and you guys about how you don't want to go beat by beat but the Mm. teaser for me is the one place where you can go a little bit by beat, but they still should be, it should be very popcorn. It should be, and Chris and I like to write out, and you guys have saw a version of something I do, where some things I'll write out story-wise, some things I'll just bullet point the shit out of it. And those bullet points are just big beats that are moving me through. And so sometimes I'll even bullet point the teaser so the teaser is just like, boom, we come in. It's 1964. You know, the world is an end and this is what's happening. You know what I mean? I'll just jump right in. And some of those are, in, in my version, those are bullets. For you, I'm telling you the story. You know? Yeah. Even though for me, I know I might be going through the beats, but a teaser is exactly that. It's something that happens in two minutes. So your teaser should not take you more than that long to tell it either. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So if you think about that, you will get to it faster. Anybody else? No, I, agree. I mean, look, you know, I agree that, you know, the, the teasers is a, is a tricky thing because you probably haven't introduced like your main character yet. So you probably talk about, hey, here's the log line. Here's the world. Here's some of the tone. So, you know, part of the teaser is I got to start telling you how it begins and I got to introduce that main character you know, uh, on, on some level, you know, and, you know, and then when you end the teaser, you know, if you've done your, I mean, this is, this is a way to do it. You kind of end the teaser in a way that is then ask that is, is posing a question about the main character. So then it gives you chance now to, to, to start talking about the main character. Okay. So, who is this person, you know, who just escaped from jail? You know, you know, like, uh, you know, if you kind of talk through over, you know, whatever it is, this, this person is, his name is, his name is Andy Dufresne. You know, he fucking, you know, he went to jail for, for 15, 20 years for shooting his wife, but he claims he never shot his wife. And what's crazy is that the reason why he's breaking out of jail is, we're going to find out at the end of season one that his, you know, like his cellmate, you know, claims that at another prison, he sat with the guy who claims that he killed his wife. You know, it's like, oh, shit. Like, you know, I mean, because, you know, there's ways to kind of like not be so discreet with what you're doing where, you know, I think if you, you know, set up the teaser and then talk about that character or the characters, but you can begin to sprinkle in you know, the rest of their journey throughout the, the season or whatever it is, as you're talking about them, like, like just give it, just give everybody snippets so that, you know, that when you're going through the rest of the, th- you know, the rest of the characters, the rest of the show, then, you know, the, the audience has got some sort of like, there's guardrails of who's this person and where they're going and what they're going to do. Cause the, yeah, cause you're right. Teaser, I mean, like if we go back to the performance aspect of this, if you bullet point down what your teaser is and you've got your five big beats, you, you know, 
those could be just like two or three words a beat. So you have to know it enough to be able to extrapolate, to speak and you speak like, like to speak not so rote from the page. But, uh, but, and the cool thing about that is if you just have these bullet points down is it allows for every pitch to be slightly different when you give it. You know, and that is going to be fun and that's going to make it better for you. It's going to make it better for the people that who are pitching with you because they don't have to like hear the same joke and the same like, like, you know, like type of sense again. It's like, oh, you know, he's just going off the top of his head, you know, and if you kind of like structure those beats right, then it allows you to kind of approach it based upon, you know, like the, the energy you got from the room that day, you know, because that could help you with how you're telling the pitch. And I think it goes back to what, you know, again, the tone of what you were saying, Saeed, about like, well, you know, if I say, well, hey, so this motherfucker right here, depending on, hey, if I'm at HBO or if I'm at TNT, I'm going to be able to say this motherfucker right, you know, but it's still the same thing. Right. I'm just changing that slightly and, you know, and, and it's and it's not so predicated on me remembering I have to say this motherfucker right now, you know. So yeah. um, perhaps that gets a laugh. Perhaps it doesn't get a laugh. But it allows you, mm-hmm. you know, to, to continually be creative and keep it fresh for you. Because if you go out and pitch it 10 times, I mean, shit, by the time it's third time, it's like, okay, I know this. You know, how do I keep yeah. it cool for me? Um, hey, Chris, what, yeah, one yeah. thing that occurred well, to me. I mean, let me just say this thing real quick. I apologize, right? Oh, right. yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Um, the thing that occurred to me is there's also a couple of different ways to do that teaser, as we all know. <clears throat> One of the things in a pitch, I like to do the teaser that is kind of like the inciting incident of the whole show. Yeah. So yeah. that way you're dragged right in. Because, like, for example, when I was working with Selwyn on that reggae show, my teaser was the inciting incident. We didn't even meet our hero until we opened up into the pilot. We just met mm-hmm. what happened that drew him into the story that made him go out and do the case. You know what I mean? <clears throat> so there's ways you could do it. I just wanted to bring that up too, that it doesn't always have to be that exact, you know, we open like this and this is what happens, blah, 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 blah. It's like, yeah, but what's the, what's the main hook? It's like the hook part of it all. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right, yeah, yeah. right, right. Well, right. And, I, and, I, and I think that, I think that, um, you know, kind of when we were discussing before, when we were talking about how, you know, not wanting to take people uh, beat by beat through their pilot in entirety. I think, you know, what you're what you're suggesting here is that it takes a lot of mental energy and focus to follow somebody as they go beat by beat. Right. Thanks. And it's hard for, you know, these, you know, <clears throat> these executives are already looking for an opportunity to tune out. And the longer that goes on the more and more, you know, because they're like, wait, I, you know, I, I, you said this character, I, I don't know which character you're talking about, where are we? But a teaser is like perfect for, you know, it's like the perfect duration for people to hold an image in their mind, right? Mm-hmm. You introduce a few characters, you drop them right into the into the setting, this is what's happening on around, right? And this is how a pilot starts oftentimes, right? Is you is you the exact same thing. On page one, you introduce a few characters, you drop them into the scenario, and you let them, you know, you, you let the wonder of this new environment take root in their mind, and then you tell the story from there on. Um, and so I think that, you know, moving through beat by beat on on the teaser is, is a great sort of way to just um, to, to, to move them into this world without over, without overblowing or overburdening their their capacity to visualize a story. Um, 
that that they're just being introduced to. See, okay, now that's great. That's, I'll, 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 that's something I love about what you're both saying. And I want to ask you guys a question based on a real world example. Now, so 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 all four of us saw the Last of Us pilot last week. Now, maybe you start your p. Yeah, if, like if I'm telling you the teaser, right? It, to start in the pitch. I might tell you that scene where the daughter goes in and sees the grandmother like eating that fucking dude's all the blood around. Hey, so she goes over yeah. to her friends, the neighbor's house who she's been seeing and takes care of them. And she goes in, and there's blood on the floor. And she, you know, she yeah. walks around and sees, oh shit. And you just say, hey, there's this girl. We meet her. She's really cool. She's really fun. She's got a great dad, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I mean, and you stop at the part where she sees that shit come out of her mouth and you're like, Oh my God! What the fuck is that? Now, who's this person? You know, and you and you leave it at that question again. The teaser, as you know, when you write it, you want to like stop it in a way that the audience is like, "Oh shit!" So I'm just asking if you think that. I mean, like we've seen that. Is, I mean, if that would have been a cool place to you if you're pitching that show to yes. pitch that. Place, yes, yeah. You know, a hundred percent. And I, I give you a perfect example. That pilot starts with two scientists. The show starts with two scientists sitting and talking, which I love it when you watch the show. But I think the mistake that I made at first when I was organizing my pitches was I'm doing the complete pilot. We open. Mm -hmm. He wakes up. He walks out of bed. He walks to his car. You think you're telling the whole fucking pilot when you're not like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like you said, you need to look, that's a perfect. Here's the teaser. I get him caught in. Then I do beats. This is act one, act two. Like you shouldn't be taking us through the pilot literally. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's a mistake that like we spend more time on the pilot than anything else because that's all we've been writing for the fucking 10 years to get in and i think you're right where it's like nah just give us the teaser the code open boom get into some characters then come back and say this is how i see the pilot because the pilot's gonna fucking change anyway right yeah yeah well well, well, yeah you know i mean i'm I'm not who's gonna say something i'm sorry like was raw gonna say something yeah he he just he just hit on something though about about the last of us though, if you think about it, I realized that's in chapters. So that first chapter mm-hmm. leading up to, you know, the gunshot and then the fade to black. And then we pick up, you know, however many years later into the future is, I think it's like 12, 13, 14 pages long. If I recall, you know, I remember going, Oh, yeah. that was a long ass cold open because there's a difference between the teaser and the cold open to me, you know, one shorter, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so I was yeah, well, like, oh, well, that's a whole well, sequence for him right there. Go ahead. Well, that's true, but that's why I'm that's that's why I'm I'm just posting it to the room. It's like, well, okay, so if I'm pitching it, so do I take you until that part that the you know that that the daughter gets shot, or do I take it to the part in the when I'm pitching you, just the part that she sees the the grandmother eating that woman's neck and that shit coming up because because the, once I explain the yeah, characters, because here's the thing, if I if I tell you that little scene. I haven't told you about fucking Pedro Pascal yet, you know, I'm, I'm going to, you know, so, and the whole we thing is, really I'm going to, you know, like, I have to make you him, I have to make you buy into his world, you know, oh, like you saw his daughter in trouble, oh shit, and then now, like, you might say, hey, so here's how the rest of the pilot unfolds, you know, we saw that scene, yeah. you know, he's going to come rescue his daughter, that's what we're going to meet, dude, you know, he's blah, 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 I mean, th- there's a bunch of different ways you could do it. 
But I think, again, it's all about what Saeed is saying is that you don't want to like take somebody beat by beat through the pilot or beat by beat through like whatever your your entry point is. You want to find a moment that like, you know, that sets up something. It's some incident, some, you know, like dramatic device, some little, you know, shit that you're like, oh, shit, like here's, you, you, you know, because the audience it's who said i think it was rob was saying it earlier at the top of this it was like you have to make them feel like they're watching the show you know and 100%. so you know how do they do that and you know an hbo show obviously is not going to hit you with like you know here's two minutes and then we're going to hit the title you know it's 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 going to like build a lot and build a lot and everything like and that show did that you know but that show did it in a way where it's like you start do you think that the show did that you can't do in, in the pitches they 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 start seeding little things about the outbreak there's that thing you said about the beginning with the um mm-hmm. the the scientists Two scientists scientists is in the mm-hmm. 60s and then it picks up and we're in tw- in, in 2003 but there's that moment where she's walking and she sees those planes flying you know there's and there's 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 this oh I, they start yeah. setting up the outbreak is happening the bullshit is beginning to explode and you know you don't have the real estate of someone's attention to to, to be so slow burn, you know, like in right. a pitch, you know, at, but, but, yeah. but ultimately again, like I said at the top of this, you're going to have to do a document at some time and show someone what the, you know, is the pilot, what's going to look like. Can I get a pitch document to run it up to the people, whatever it is. And that's when you can kind of expand out and, 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 and use your skills as a writer to, to carry someone through, which you wouldn't necessarily do when you're talking it out. Well, this is this is a great example of The Last of Us because, in my mind, listen to you guys talk about it. That that snippet with the scientists in the interview program, what does that do? That asks the audience a question, which is, is it possible for zombies to exist in real life, not in some fictionalized world? Is there a scientific basis for 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 zombies? To exist, and then it walks you through how that would look if we look at nature, and 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 basically answers that question. It asks the questions, gets you wondering, and then gives you an answer that you didn't anticipate, and then drops you into the in exactly kind of like in that same progression right from there to dropping you right in the world. This is what the world is now for this moment, and then introducing the characters. All like it's it's kind of in in many ways it's kind of like a, a pitch. A, like a pitch, yeah, it's yeah. like a pitch. But but the difference is, he would say, "What if I told you, yeah, yeah that yeah. zombies would exist if this happened?" And then they're like, "Oh," and it's a new take on it. You know what I mean? And then, but you don't, but you don't say, "Flash on," two scientists sitting <laughs> in 1968 having a conversation. Like you know what I'm saying? So yes, yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Chris. No, no, because it's interesting because he said, you know, because he, because he's, yeah, I, I, like you go in there and, and you, I mean, he makes a great point in that little scientist thing where he's like, oh, you know, we could get fucked up by fungus, you know, because fungus could take us over and it could do this to us. And, you know, that could be, that whole part, it's a great way to look and say, here's a question I'm going to, I'm going to pose to you. Do you know that if fungus, you know, 
got into our, our whatever it is, like, like how he's explaining it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, does, he, does a, he does a good job of it. <laughs> he does a great job, you know. But you know what? I mean, he could ask that question to start his pitch, and it's just like, oh, oh, I, you know, I never thought of it that way. And then he just roll into the rest of it, you know, because that, like, mm-hmm. again, it goes back to what we've been saying about, you know, what's his take? Because obviously Craig Mazin has got no take on, on, on what it means to survive an outbreak and, you know, and, and all sorts of shit like this. You know, he doesn't have that. You know, because who, who yeah. does? Well, I yeah. think most of us do now, but to a degree. But it's like he needs to, to take us out of, the, you know, the like here's Anthony Fauci type of thing telling us X, Y, and Z, you know. Mm. Um, is this you know? It's a smart way to start that show. I'm hoping, I, I, you know, be curious to ask him to go. How would you like pitch this? Like, like what was the part you started? Right. Because, you know, part of what you have to do consistently. Because here's the thing: if you were to to roll that question out, like, you know, here's this piece that's going to set up the rest of the world. Again, that goes back to what I was saying about if you ask that question right that gives the point of view and gets into the character and you, t- and, and you tell the thing that's priming the executive to pitch it up the ladder. Yeah, oh, so no. Craig came in and he told me this and I was like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. And then he rolled in and told me this, you know, here's how the show began and you know, blah, 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 you know? Um, I mean, look, but see again, asking questions like that's something that like, you know, I do as a, as a transition, you know, like, okay, mm-hmm. so here's the world. And, you know, I go through the world blah, 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 and, and I go, now, I bet you're wondering how this show starts. And then I jump. OK, so here's how it starts. And here's the teaser. And I, I'm not telling them it's the teaser. I'm just saying this is how it starts, you know. And then, you know, at the end, it's, it's like, OK, so now who are the people that we're going to meet in this? You know, but, you know, it's I, I, it's a, it's a transition into. OK, so who, who I mean, I'm not saying so our characters are. I just say, who are we going to meet? You know, who does she interact with? Who does he interact with? Because that, like, again, keeps it conversational, you know. And and and, and then for me, this is, again, about a, we jump to the transition next part in, this, in the pitch structure is I like to go from that teaser to then talking about the characters, you know. And so that's like, uh, I mean, like, that's one method that I've done. And it shouldn't be a list, right? It shouldn't be like Gerald, 5'1", 230 pounds. <laughs> like, it shouldn't just be next character. <laughs> no, no, it shouldn't. it shouldn't. I mean, it's interesting because, you know, like, I remember um, the movie, the show The Expanse, right? So in the book, those people who are really familiar or not, but there's like there's the people on Earth, people on Mars, people on like the belt, the asteroid belt. The people on the belt, because they have like, this, the gravity is less. They're like thinner and taller because of the way it is. And it's like in the book, they kind of pitch one of these characters, some of the characters. Um, oh yeah, this character is six five and blah 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 blah. You know, but it's like a woman. And in the show, it's like that woman's not that tall. She's maybe she's the size of a regular right. woman. You know, she's a, right. A regular. Mm. So I, I think part of why you don't want to do those physical characteristics um, is that it might be limiting to what it is. Now, granted, you could, unless it's so character specific, like if I was going to talk about, you know, Lisbeth Salander from the girl, the like with the dragon tattoo, 
I'm going to say she's t- tattooed on her back. She's got 15 fucking earrings. She's got a nose ring. Yeah. She's got a damn, right. she, you know, and I, I go, but she, but she does that. But then you could kind of roll it on. Go, she does that when she meets people in public because she's trying to, that's her armor to say, Hey, yeah. I'm a little prickly. Cause my, because my, 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 my Mohawk is all spiky. But when you meet her later on, she doesn't necessarily have that. And it's like, again, you're like, you're now talking about, the character about what their behavior is and you go oh the fact that she's now this foster child of a boss she's like she's showing her armor and i'm telling you how she's she's presenting her armor it, you know like it's yeah. just some some physical you know some physical uh uh manifestations. characteristics yeah yeah well you know and and i mean and to along those same lines like another another great reason uh to not get too specific with your vision of the character is that when you're pitching to a lot of these either production companies or studios, they have, they have overall deals with specific actors and they've been trying to get them specific projects and they keep passing in their weight. They're like, I need a vehicle for this person because we have them for this amount of money for this extended period, this period of time. And we need to push it. And so when you're telling these stories, they're already kind of in their mind, kind of casting a little bit about who they see, who's hot, who works, who they have, who they have relationship with. And so, you know, like you like you said, you don't want to sort of violate the if, if the character is, you know, Filipino and gay. You don't want to be like, you know, don't, don't be too flexible about it. But you still at the same time, you want to be thinking in terms of, you know, don't pin them down with something that is going to um, wipe they're, you know, like, like, like you said, if, if, you know, if they're six, five Norwegian, uh, female, the list, they're like, okay, we got Gwendolyn Christie and nobody, and nobody else. Right. Like it's, you know, so you're, you, you limit the executive's imagination on who they could potentially put in this, if they were to move this project forward. Right. That's a good point. It's a very good point. That, that's why, you know, when, when people give comps, I think you mm-hmm. have to be really, really specific. Well, you have to be specific and you have to be current to whoever. Like a lot of times people are like, and you've heard this a million times, Chris. Oh, it's like the Godfather and this thing. I'm like, dude, really? Like there ain't no other <laughs> comp that's new to that. You still are on the Godfather. You know, it's like, so it's the same thing with the stars that you mentioned. They got to be at least in the last five or 10 years, somebody hot, you know. You can hurt yourself with a comp, which, Chris, I know you're going to get in, but there was a, I had a script where I was saying it was Boys in the Hood meets Gremlins. No, not Gremlins. Boys in the Hood meets um, uh, Goonies. And but it wasn't Goonies. It was really Boys in the Hood Me Stand By Me. And so when people would get the script, they'll say, wait a minute, where's the Goonies? And I'm like, oh, shit, I had the wrong comp. Uh, You know what I'm saying? It's actually. And so when when I changed the comp from Boys in the Hood to Stand By Me, it was like, oh, I get it. So you do have to be careful about comps and making sure your comps align with whatever you're pitching. Cause if you, if you're pitching the show and the execs are like, Oh, this sounds great. And then you say, this is Battlestar Galactica meets Atlanta. And they're like, wait a minute, that's not what, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. How do you feel about current though, Chris? Well, I mean, 
It's weird to me about current. I think that you have to kind of figure out if you see if, if it sounds too current, then they go, motherfucker, that's already in the air right now, you know. Mm. But at the same time, but at the same time, if it's too old, then you know what you run the risk on is that maybe the executive doesn't have is not a cinephile. And therefore, yeah. you say some shit that fucks them, and then you're like, Ugh. and if you're, I'm, I, I will never forget. Uh, I was pitching Jennifer Love Hewitt's company. This is like ten years ago. Uh, this movie idea I wanted to do, and I, and like I wanted to have a situation like the scene in Bush Cassidy when George LaForge's company, there was, those rustlers are chasing after them. Now you never see them. You just see the guy with the white hat and everything. And there's that line like, who are those guys? Who the fuck are those guys? And it's like, you know, I build that into the pitch where I say, I say that line and they're like, who are those guys chasing us? And they go, oh, it's like, the, you know, because it's like, it's going to be like the scene in Bush Cassidy, blah, 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 blah. And then I'm, and, and then I'm going through the pitch and I'm like, They've never seen Bush Cassidy. <laughs> the whole thing is now dead because the thing I'm uh, that I'm like the linchpin of my thing. They don't mm-hmm. fucking know. But the thing is, is that sometimes you don't know how. Uh, I mean, I think so, you know, you and I were talking one time about um, the pitch for succession, like like the document that's floating around. He's got it's Citizen Kane meets Festin. And I was like, motherfucker, you what? quoting Festin in this damn thing? That's a real pull. That's a real pull of, you know, the, the, that it's not just a cinephile pull. It's like, do you watch art house films from Europe? Because it's a it's like a right. deep thing from like the the mid mid nineties. but I said to myself, I bet you he only did that at HBO. Because he's he's challenging those executives to say, you better know my comps because I'm right. going to do something that is a little edgy this way. And, the, you know, and, and therefore, this is why I'm doing this. And therefore, it's a testament of you, you know, like executives. Are you smart enough to understand what my show is going to do? It, because if you don't yeah. know the comps. But there is a way, Chris. I've done this on occasion where you assume somebody may not know uh, a comp that you're using. So you'll say something like, um, um, there's a famous director who does movies like this, right? He's known for this. I want to bring that back where we do this. You see what I mean? That is a good comp to me. But to assume they know and you use it as a thread is a huge you just might get fucked up problem because most executives just are. Here's the other thing I was going to say, just to finish this little part here is uh, there's also the problem where, and I think I told you the story, Chris, I was up for this show last year where I was like, I am so perfect for this show. It's all about, you know, this and the theme is that, and it's so me, it's ridiculous. And we sent them my sample. So I had planned using my characters and things in my story to tell them how I knew this character or that character based on things that I did. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they get there and the same thing that happened to Chris, they never even read it yet. So I was like, <laughs> holy shit. Now what do I talk about? 
<laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? And I had to go, okay, I won't be able to compare it, but I could talk about what I liked about it. So I had to mm-hmm. use that. It wasn't as strong, but I, I did get a call back and I did get to the studio and to the network with it, but it fucked me up. You know what I mean? So sometimes mm-hmm. you fall into that too. So similar to what Chris is talking about. You got to be ready for that though, because I, mm-hmm. I like, I, I've been in several meetings where they've been like, so I haven't read your script yet. You know what I'm saying? And so you just, you damn near got to assume they didn't. <laughs> like, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. don't be surprised if you hop in a meeting and they haven't yeah, read yeah, anything. Yeah, like, like the, the, we the talked whole about thing is, like, too, though. I mean, which is funny. Yeah, yeah I mean, but the, the whole thing is, it's with, it's with everything I've said earlier with the book. Don't assume anyone's read shit. Be able to, like, you know, pivot the conversation, you know, to, to, to make them feel excited about you. You know, and it's, yeah. I mean, and that's, you know, and that's, you know, I mean, the cool thing is that could give you, if they tell you that up front, because they're going to apologize. Oh, I, I mean, if they're good, they're going to say that because if they're assholes, they're going to pretend they've read your shit and haven't. And then they, they might feel dumb. But, you know, but but it's just up to you to, to you know, even if they have read it, you should kind of like, you know, like talk about it so surface level so that it's like well you know in my script i did this thing right you know you know so they can go oh, okay 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 i see what he you know what th- this is why he or she like you know is right for this but it also if you t- if you talk about yourself in a certain cool way and you realize they haven't read your material it gives you an opportunity to, to kind of like set the stage for your pitch up up front in that chit chat part to go well look you know i'm really into shit like this and then you know, blah, 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 blah. And, and so then like when I, but then it allows you, but, but then you got to pivot a little bit when you're, you know, like jumping to the pitch proper to not go over that stuff. Cause you've already talked about it, but you have primed them about it. It just gives you the ability to do things, you know, to, to help you again. It's all about, you know, like to make yourself memorable and to put less cognitive load on people. Cause that's what you're talking about, Rob, before about like, you got to like, you have to assume that they can't keep track of so much information. And it's like, you know, most people can't. I, I mean, I, I honestly don't care how smart you are or, or whatever it is or how fast you can, like, digest information. You don't have it in front of you and you got no photographs or no whatever it is. Or, you know, and so the, the, the person telling you the story has to do a good job as if to say, let me just keep the load on their brain down, but still make it like compelling. And that's, you know, mm-hmm. part of your challenge as the, the person who's pitching is I can't overload them because you, again, I'll repeat it again. They got to go sell it up the chain. And if you kind of put heavy shit on them, that's the first shit they're going to forget or fuck up. They're going to try to remember and go, Oh, well, yeah. So, the, so the thing is said like, you know, in, in, uh, in, in, in 2525, Oh no, no, no. It said, you know, in 3525, you, you think fuck all that shit up. You know? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. So in the future, the far future. <laughs> yeah. Basically you just yeah. want to be, you want to keep it. So go ahead, Rob, finish it up. Oh no, no. I, I, I mean, I, I don't know if this is still on the same, the same track, but I, I you know, I, this was, this is just a word of caution when you're modeling your pitches and you're looking at um, documents that may be floating around, like let's say Adam McKay's pitch to succession. The thing you got to know about Adam McKay is that he is not you. You are not him. Adam McKay knows everybody at HBO. 
He's, you know, he's worked with all of them. He's had, he's got a, a, you know, even, even in early days, he had multiple projects that were in development at HBO. I, I do believe they had an overall deal um, there for, for many times. So he knows all these people. They know him. He knows what they've, they've watched because they've had, you know, dinner parties where they've discussed, you know, fucking Citizen Kane. And, and I don't even know the, the fucking what the yeah, fest, Festivus is what I'll call it. They've discussed it, right? All, they, what the rest of us. Yeah, yeah. They, they, you know, like, they've had conversations about, about these things. And so the, he can put things in his document that you can't, you can't put, you got to, you got to, you got to operate from, from a knowledge base. I mean, it also kind of goes back to the earlier thing where we were talking about, know who you're pitching to, know what they bought in the past and what kind of things they like to green light. And if you can, the more you can incorporate that into, you know, naming your comps, I mean, it, you know, wouldn't hurt if you've got a show like Ozark and you're pitching to the producers of Ozark, you know, I mean, maybe, maybe don't say Ozark exa- exactly, exactly, but you know, say Breaking Bad, right? Because it's a, it's a close approximation and they'll be like, yeah, we like Breaking Bad. You know, that's, we like that kind of stuff. So um, just kind of like, again, knowing your audience and using that to formulate, you know, what your comps are and how you position that your project in, in relation to them. Well, we were, we were talking about pitches uh, for the, for the pilot earlier as we, cause now we're moving into the pilot area um, is this is the moment where you don't do the beat by beat, which we were talking about before. You want to keep this as simplified as possible. You just need to set up those characters, set up the dilemma, get into, and you got to leave us with something. You got to leave us with understanding the engine of the story. We know this is a show about a cop who gets bad guys. <laughs> you know what I mean? The difference about yeah. this show is he does it by doing this or she, you know what I mean? Whatever the thing is, I'm just spitballing here. <clears throat> and so as we get out of the pilot, what I like to do is to jump into 101, I'm sorry, 102. And I'll just say, so as we just left the pilot, we now know that this is the thing. And we're going back to characters with everybody talking about. We know that our character is dealing with this thing. Like Chris was setting up before he got out of prison. He's now after the person who killed his wife. Right. We know that's the thing. But what he thought, he thought he was the one who killed his wife. So now it turns out there's a new information. So as we go into two, we're going to he's going to discover that there's actually three people that are on the list. Right. That's going to bring us over the next thing. It becomes a mystery. And we're going on this journey with Bible. You see, I'm talking to you and I'll go. And as we get to the midpoint, he's already X'd out two of them. Now it's a battle between him and one other person for the next three or four episodes. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. jumping. I'm not giving you yeah. every single beat. You know what I mean? And whatever question I pose to you at the beginning, I'll answer later, which is like Chris said, who killed his wife? Yeah. Now we're going to discover at the end, either we're going to tell you, or he's going to realize actually he really did. <laughs> you know what I mean? Whatever the thing is that you want it to be, you got to have that big reversal, you know, that big, that big hook somewhere. <clears throat> so um, you don't have to have all that. And like I said, I only do season one. I know what happens in season two, but again, it's just a log line. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? For me, I want to have a conversation. Yeah, well, see. Oh, Oh, so here's the thing, right? You know, I was talking with uh, this executive friend of mine 
And she, I was talking to her. I was, I, I was like, how do I pitch the second season when I'm doing something? You know, how do you guys want to? I said, I didn't say it like that. I said, how do you guys like want to hear about the second season? Is is what I asked her. You know, and she was like, oh well, you know, if we could just kind of hear like. You know the direction that they're going. If there's if there's if there's any kind of you know like big twist, you know like in the season, um, you know if there's any characters who might die or you know like I paint those broad things so they kind of understand that you know where it's going to go because what they know what we all know is that you know if you've been in the writers' room, that's going to be hashed out by the you know, like three, five, eight, ten people that you've brought to help you, like, tell the story. And the thing is, if you're smart, then you're going to take the best idea that you come up with, you know. But the thing that you know is, you know, where you want it to go. Like, I remember, I remember, um, and I'm trying to find these notes. That's why I can't speak in this so specifically. But, um I remember one time I did like a workshop with uh, with DMA over at Disney, and she was talking about there's a, there's like a there's a structure that you want to give to like a to the, a character arc structure that you want to do for your character. But she's like, but see, here's how you like break that out over four or five seasons. She kind of explained a way that you can explain. Here's kind of see what's going to happen emotionally in season one, season two, season three, season four. You know, she kind of like talked that out in a way that was like, oh, it doesn't like it. Like it's not here's the specifics of the episodes or anything like that, but it's like here's that emotional journey that you're going to go on because that you know because I'm not sure what the guy said when he was doing fucking Breaking Bad. You know, and it's it's you know I mean I mean he's genius. Right. You know, if he tells you, oh, so, you know, the first season is going to be like this, but in the second season, you know, these guys are going to get deeper into it and they're going to get at each other's throats. And what's going to happen is, is that Jesse is going to want to get out of the whole thing because he meets some girl. And then how we're going to end the season is, you know, Walt, this and this girl gets him hooked on drugs and Walter White is going to actually let that girl die when he could save her. And you know what? Je- and Jesse's going to never know that. And that could be like, maybe he's talking about the finale of that second season, you know, and not talk about it, but not talk about any of it, but he knows it's like, okay, so now I have to set up a secret between, you know, cause he realizes he needs Jesse to do the shit, you know, he can't do, you know, there's like, you can kind of set up that thing potentially, you know, if, if that's where you want to go. Yeah. I don't really know. Right. I, I mean, you know, like what yeah. those guys did for, for Breaking Bad, but that, yeah, I think, I I mean, you know, this is, it kind of speaks to the way in which the world of pitching has changed in that. Cause I I believe that when Vince Gilligan was pitching Breaking Bad, um, I want to say that, that he had already written the pilot um, and he had essentially posed the question of how are we going to take, you know, this, uh, you know, this, you know, you know, every man science teacher and turn him into the, you know, the biggest meth dealer in the Southwest. And that was kind of like the question that he posed and, 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 and he had that mapped out. But I think that a lot of like a lot of like season two stuff and, and beyond was not, was not, was not even in the pitch. Like they weren't even asking about that at that time, but now the industry has changed um, just in the way that the format um, 
people want to know that you have a plan for season two, three and and four. And, and you can't just come in and pitch on season one anymore. You like the things that you're talking about is they want to know, you know, what are your ideas for season two? Kind of like, you know, exactly like you know, they're not going to get into the details of. Of, of you know <laughs> you know because the, the 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 girlfriend doesn't really exist in season one uh, but that that same sort of thing is that we're going to continue to see um, this character devolve into somebody who's doing more and more openly morally reprehensible things but you know it would be unimaginable episode one season one uh, but it, it's going to start to become more believable as the as the show progresses Yep. Well, in, in our in our pitch, <clears throat> oh, just real quick, I, in in our pitch, we don't even get into multiple seasons. We 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 say what season one is, and then we say, so we got season two and four pretty much figured out the basics. But that's the show, like you know what I'm saying. Like I don't, yeah. um, and you know I've heard. I mean, this is once again where it gets into different people have different ways of pitching. Sure. I've I've heard where Ben has this thing where he like. It's super dope. I wish I knew it exactly. But he had these four words that encompass each season, which is fire. And he just says season one is about lust or something like, you know what I mean? Season four is about redemption. Season five is about revenge. And 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 he's not going into. So in season three, Becky Sue loses her boyfriend. Like, you know what I'm saying? No, no. Yeah. See, see. That's the thing I was trying to get at with like the thing with like with DMA like she was saying there's there's a there's a there's a there's a there's a there's something that is analogous to how you would talk about a character's arc in a movie or something like that mm. or like or what yeah. you might even do in the first season that that you can extrapolate out to the other seasons and just talk about them in like a one sentence thing or, or a couple word thing like that. So you get a, a sense of what that, what that journey is going to be, you know, because I feel you like raw about like, you know, you can't do it. But I, I think what's interesting about both things that you're saying is again, this is good. And we're kind of jumping around, but it's like, once you get through that, here's kind of what I see for the second season or, and you know, like, or going forward, we want to kind of ex- explore these things with the character. The next thing you got to do is come up with your clothes, you know, like, mm-hmm. like, like you gotta go, here's how I like, 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 like what's the closing language that you want to do? Cause I think again, it's mm-hmm. like, it's the salesperson thing that you want to look at how people close. If you think about how people close, like, Hey, I want you to buy this car. I want you to buy, you know, you know, like something big, buy this house. There's that language you need to close the, to close the sale, to close the deal. You know, it's like if you're on a date, you got to say a certain line to get the girl to go back to your house, you know, whatever it is. It's like, okay, so now I'm in, you know, so it's, you know, but, but you have to do that again. You have to do it in a way that's like not so direct, but like they understand, oh, so now I'm, you know, what, like wrapping this up. I remember I heard this, this one girl say on this WGA thing, um, and I thought it was funny. She was like, okay, so now, you know, let's uh, pick up our pencils and write, you know, this show or something, something like that. She, she, she had some quirky line yeah. that was like, you know, about like, hey, so let's, if you want to do this, then let's pick up our pencils together and write this show. You know, and I was like, oh, yeah. that's kind of like a fun way to, to kind of end true. it, you know, because again, it's, you remember it's that time. Too. The whole thing yeah. back to 
Let's do this together. Let's collaborate. Like, hey, I've told you, uh, you know what? I've told you the story, but let all of us, you know, put our heads together, you know, and, and you know, and, and, and so, so we can be on the, the red carpet with this, you know, and it should be up, whatever it is, you know, like something. Yeah. yeah. That, but, and you could do that in any kind of way and tone. Yeah. You could tell yeah, her yeah. tone was light in whatever she did. So that yeah, totally yeah. fit. But you could do a version of that where you could do your hip hop cool version of it. Yeah. And be like, you know, come on board and hang out with us in the hood. You know what I mean? In the right. Exactly. You know what I mean? <laughs> it could be yeah. it could be all kind of ways to do it, just depending on how you say mm-hmm. it. So if, you, if you're ready to if you're ready to dig in your closet and find that old two way pager. Hit me on my line, <laughs> right? Go ahead and go ahead and uh, hit up that that telephone booth like the wire, and yeah. uh, g- give me a call. <laughs> yeah. Right. Before we wrap this up, I just want to say, just be prepared. And I know all of us have already pitched before. For those of you who haven't, be ready when you're done for some questions. You know, mm. and sometimes yeah, they yeah. might they might check you on some things you've said. Sometimes they might be confused on some things you said. So just make sure you have studied and researched and know what your show is about so that you are prepared to answer questions. And and I'm going to say this, and people are surprised when I say this. I'm saying this because I do this with writers when I listen to pitches. I'm not judging you if you don't have the answer. Yeah. But, But I expect you to be able to be like, you know... I haven't figured that out, but I know Mm. that I want to get to here. So as long as we can get to there, I'm hoping we can put together a team and figure that stuff like that out. That's okay to say to me. Well, well, yeah, because that's like a whole thing where it's like you're testing their collaborative mindset. Yes. You know, and you're seeing also like, Hey, I'm going to put you on the spot. You know, you know, are you going to get flustered? Because, you know, I want to see what your confidence level is because, look, I'm going to hire like at least five people to help me do the show. Right. And there's you know what? And there's the executives who have to read it and be involved and, and you know, and everything like that. So it's like it's OK to say that you this, don't bluff like your way to say, oh, I got all the answers. I got all the answers because that might make you feel like, well, I don't want to work with someone like this. Like, you know, I mean, like be humble enough to say, like you said, that's a really good question. I'm going to get back to you on that. I want to think about it and get back to you, you know, and, 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 and don't bullshit them. Like actually think about that. Like it could be really cool is if you thought about it and then, you know, like like you're sending that follow up thank you email the next day. Say, hey, it was great meeting you. I really love this. By the way, I thought about your question, and you know, and and here's and, and here's a potential way exactly. that, that we can answer. Yes. You know, and that potential. way, they, 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 yes. the main thing, you, like, who was I? There was one of you. Not I remember someone was gonna say earlier. I forgot, but it's like I was telling someone <laughs> the book title could be, I'm not gonna get fired if I pass on this. You know, like like that could be a book title for executives. You know, oh, those yeah. Mike White talk about Mike White. It's like I'm like, hey, you know what? I will only get fired if I say buy this, buy this, buy this, and it's some shit uh, for whatever reason. Yeah. So, you know, part of what you want to do to to again instill that confidence is 
you know, how you communicate with them, how you sub commuting, communicating your like authority in the piece. I think also what you're talking about, Hilliard, is in terms of is is you should if you're really on your game when you design in your pitch, you want to kind of like leave a question or two or something unanswered, some information mm-hmm. that you know they're going to ask you because it's way better. Yeah. To not ha- just give e- you know, blanket everything, so they go. Well, that was too thorough, you know. Because then it's like yeah. the it falls apart. The 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 more they can talk to you about it, you know. So it's key for you to go. You know, what do I not need to tell them in the pitch? But if they ask me this afterwards, and I should set it up so that they will ask me this afterwards, then that you know, like allows me to, you know, to engage them because, because the more they get engaged about like what's happening, the more they're, they start getting invested, you know, and the more they're invested, then the, the, then the better that they feel about it and talking about it to, to somebody up the chain. But that also goes to making sure that you end your, your pitch, leaving us knowing there's more. Yeah. As opposed to feeling you know, like we've ended the whole thing and there's no, unless you're just pitching a limited series, you know what I mean? But if it's outside of that, it should feel like, oh shit, well, what's happening season two? You know what I mean? Leave us yeah. on the cliffhanger, you know? Awesome. Well, thank y'all. That's what's up. Uh, thank you Hell guys yeah. for coming back again. I know, uh, damn, I wish you guys could have heard last week that we were, we were, we were dropping some shit. <laughs> it's in our bag. <laughs> I know. I, I hope you get some game today. You know what I mean? It's, it's always for weird sure. doing this on, on on um, Zoom and Zencaster and all these things because you know we're we're mm. so much more polite in the way that we yeah. you know the inter- <laughs> the interruptions and everything we're like <laughs> it's the overlapping is yeah, gone yeah. the energy is a little bit just <laughs> different you know what I mean but um thank you guys again I appreciate it you know we'll have to do one on eventually Chris is on formatting the um the the the, the format once you get your show picked up. Because that is something people are asking a lot yeah, of questions yeah. about <clears throat> is they expect you to have a format. And a format looks like a show Bible, but it's a little bit different. You know what I mean? Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's like yeah. shit like that. Um, okay. Well, thank y'all, man. I appreciate it. Uh, where's everybody yeah, at? Yeah, yeah. Where can people find you? Uh, Raw, where are you at? Yeah, I'm at uh, the Raw Johnson on Twitter and on Instagram, uh, you can you can find my uh, production company, Space Panda Prods, P-R-O-D-S, Space Panda Prods on Instagram. That's what's up. What about you, uh, Saeed? Uh, you can find me at Balance510, B-A-L-A-N-C-5-1-0, like the area code uh, on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, Black Writer Twitter is alive. <laughs> <laughs> and pumping. Y'all out there ruling the world. Every day. Every day. (laughs) (laughs) What's up, Chris? I am at uh, Unauthorized CBD uh, on Twitter and Instagram. That's what's up. And I'm the host, Hilliard Guest. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I think I was trying to set up a post account, but I don't know if I'm going to do that or not. I don't even know what that is. I'm Mm -hmm. so behind. Um, And I'm your host, Hilliard Guest. You guys can find me on Twitter, Instagram, at Hilliard Guest. You guys can follow the show, Screenwriters, um, 
uh, rantroom at gmail.com if you have any questions there. Uh, please go on iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Um, shit. What, what's the other one, Chris? I always forget. Google Play. There's the that. Uh, what are we yeah, on? Yeah, fucking everything. Yeah, we're, we're everywhere. <laughs> you can find us. Um, what else we got, Chris? Um, you can support the show if you go to screenwritersrr.com where you can find a link to our Patreon page and you can support the show at, you know, at various levels, $1, $2, $5, $10, you know, and then there's a custom. So you can give us what you feel is, you know, like the right thing. I'm sure y'all are watching live streams of people and giving people a hundred dollars. So you, so you, so you give us a hundred dollars <laughs> and we'll be very happy for that. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Anyway, thank you guys again for uh, hanging out with us. Uh, shit, we're getting close to Black History already. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. This month is zooming by. Um, all right. Well, thank y'all. Everybody joining me. You guys know how we do it on the Rant Room. On the show, we keep it real. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what, everybody? 20, 20, 20, Again, like <laughs> folks. Oh, wow. Y'all supposed to have bars like that. <laughs> All right, everybody. Peace out. Peace. All right. Yeah, man, I got something to get off my chest. Everyone got one. What's your opinion? This is the ramp room. Tongues won't be bitten. Ain't no rules, just spill it. And anybody can get it. No limit. We get to kill it. We tuning into the thrillers. And no, ain't no stopping. Any topic, even the random random. I hope that you ready, we entering in the zone soon We only grow shit, welcome to the random